This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Many, 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 are listening to the Voices of Wrestling podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. X out, go listen to some boring podcast where they're afraid of their own shadow. Okay? Don't listen to Joe Lanza. Because Joe Lanza's not changing. And Rich Crange. <laughs> I love you. Who delivers <laughs> this guy in a big spot? Joe, don't yell at me. In, in the big spot, who delivers better than this guy? <laughs> Stop yelling at me. I agree. Welcome once again to the Voices of Wrestling flagship podcast. I'm Rich Craig Longstead. As always, very good family man, Mr. Joe Lanza. Joe, what's happening? How are you, Rich? I'm doing well. Doing well. It's a, it's a busy week in wrestling, a busy week in Voices of Wrestling land as well. It's a, just a busy week overall. It's madness. It <laughs> is. Un, 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 unlike you, who you know will go on fancy vacations in the middle of packed weekends, I canceled my plans this weekend on my wife's birthday, no less, to stay home. And make sure I do what I got to do, and watch all of these big shows this weekend. How about that dedication? That is pretty good. Yeah. So, what, what, how did that conversation go? Did you tell her? <laughs> Sorry, Toots. Real quest is that NXT UK Takeover Cardiff going on this weekend. I can't uh, can't go to Vegas for your because you guys are going to Vegas, correct? Yes. Vegas, nice. So that's well, not nice because you're not going anymore. But that's exactly what I said. Complete with the sorry Toots. Yeah. Okay. Because Joe Lanza wears the pants around here. Okay, pal. Um. Yeah, it wasn't my decision to cancel the trip, but the uh, the trip has been canceled, and uh, uh, I get to stay home this weekend and and watch all of the wrestling. Now you can come to Chicago. That's the best bet, right? Can't a little little too late to come to Chicago. Oh well, no, no, still got to get, get in a car right now. You'll be here in time. So. Still got still got to take her out to the fancy dinner. Still got to do the birthday. Oh, so okay, so the the Vegas trip is canceled, but the. Well, yeah, you think the I'm off circumstances still. I, I thought like she had something she had to do or whatever, but no, you just have to take her out here. Well, there is something else that has to, yeah, but the point here is I still got to spend the money. I mean, <laughs> right, exactly, not, right. You might as well just go to Vegas. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm still on the hook for a dinner and, uh, you know, some kind of, you know, hokey gift or whatnot. So that I got to still figure out. <laughs> Isn't that in like two days? Yeah, I'll figure it out. You know, it's, it's, I, I'll get there. I, 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 I you know, it's, it's us weekly in a box of chocolates. There you go. There you go. The old, uh, you know, grocery store flowers. Yeah, grocery store flowers. Uh, Russell Stover's chocolate, and then a Us Weekly or you know National Enquirer. So Us Weekly seems like a good one, right? That seems like a nice wholesome. Yeah, and a you know fifty dollar gift card to Victoria's Secret or something, right? <laughs> right, right. That's all you need. That. <laughs> All of that can be purchased at the checkout line at the grocery store. So you're perfect. You know, you get you know, get what you got to get and get her, you know, a little something nice too. Uh, my wife is such an angel and so nice that she wouldn't even express the disappointment if that's the move I pulled. In fact, I think I might pull that move as a gag. Should I do it? Should I? Oh, get- and then, and then call, yeah, give her that and then just yeah, see yeah. the reaction and then come out with whatever the other, the good gift. Ideally. So let's do this. Okay. So Russell, okay. a box of Russell Stover. Right. We have like Fannie Mae in Chicago. I don't know. Do you guys have Fannie Mae out Never by you? Okay. Yeah. That's the Chicago thing. It, it comes in like a cool, that's like fancy box chocolates. If you want, it comes in like a cooler and yeah. stuff in every grocery store. But yeah, Russell Stover's is like the basic generic, um, 
What about that's the pretty uh, good one? How about the Whitman sampler? <laughs> I was, that's that's a, the, I was I, I, as you were talking, I was googling like because it's the yellow box. I was yellow. I was googling yeah. yellow box chocolate samplers or whatever because like yeah. half the chocolate's garbage. Like three of them are filled with toothpaste that nobody wants to eat. Right. Like everybody knows the ones they want. There's some dumbass salted caramel ones in there that aren't very good either. Like she's gonna eat three of them and then it's gonna stand on your, your kitchen counter for a month until you just throw it away. So, um, so, I'll, so I'll get the Whitman sampler, <laughs> the grocery store flowers with like the sticker still on it to prove that it's from the grocery store, right? right? With like the the fucking UCB code or whatever you call it. The right. I believe it's the and UPC there, sir. UPC but. code, and then like. The Victoria's Secret gift card, but like for twenty dollars. <laughs> yeah, like a low, like amount where she can only really get like Nothing, underwear. Maybe. She can get like you know a where pair of she, underwear or whatever. Where it will pay the portion of one bra. Right. Right. So get like a twenty dollar gift card to Vic Secret. Right. And the, then just the flowers. the most garbage like girl magazine you could find at the counter like just the, throw in the magazine yeah. right have the best sex of your life or like hey look at what Prince William's doing today <laughs> like you can't you won't believe it <laughs> right. And Prince William's cheating on the princess, and present it one at a time, like it's a like. Oh, I got more. Wait, yeah. that's Uh-oh. not one all. more. There's one more. <laughs> then finish up with like the magazine, and then just see how well that she sells, not being disappointed. Right. Right. Yeah. Maybe even record it for maximum effect. <laughs> put it behind the paywall. Right. <laughs> I'm staying out of that. And then. uh I put the wedding behind it. I know, but I it's still to this day uh, horrifies me that you did that. But well, you know, you got to make a buck. Patreon and then, sports wrestling, by the way. So. That's right, uh, five dollar tier if you want to watch it. Um, you know, and then bust out the real deal, and then go to the, the fancy dinner. So I think I might do. I'm going to do that. That's and report good. Yeah, back. that's a good call. Yeah. But here's the problem: I can't report back because, as I was about to get to, I, a hardworking member of the staff. I'm going to be around to handle my responsibilities. Rich will not be here next week because he's going to Iceland. And if you think I'm doing a bit, that's not a bit. He's <laughs> legitimately imi- going to life. Yes. Yeah. You, you've, you make fun of all my very standard trips. And then now I do an exotic trip. And now you have like, it's like a boy who cried wolf thing at this point where no one's oh, going to believe that I'm actually going there. They're going to be like, Oh, he's going to San Francisco or he's going to, you know, Texas. And no, no, it's, so will Rich be here to break down these four huge shows <laughs> happens? No, he won't. He's going to be in Rejavak trying to hunt down fucking Rick- <laughs> yeah, Rejavak or whatever it's yeah, called. Okay, yeah, perfect. You know, trying to hunt down Bjork. And, you know, he's going to be eating seal meat or whatever it is they do in Iceland. I don't even know what you would do. Fermented in shark is the uh, is the I'm not eating it. It looks terrible. So All right. So you're going to be eating fermented seal meat with Bjork in Rejavak. And you're going to be, are you going to Reykjavik? Is that where you're uh, going? Reykjavik, yes. We are going there for a little bit. Do you think we have listeners from Iceland? I wonder. Yeah, this is a good opportunity to find that that out. Because I'd really like to, if we can nail pretty much every one of the Atlantic islands, that'd be pretty damn good. You know, UK, that's going to be a tough get. We got a lot of them, but, you know, getting all of them being the number one podcast in the UK is going to be tricky. But we got Isle of Man. I think we can do Iceland. I think we can do Iceland, too. Well, Baby steps, hate, you know? I hate to break this to you, but Iceland is not part of the... Uh... United Kingdom, Rich. I'm, I'm saying no. I'm saying we can't get the United Kingdom. I'm saying I want the other islands of the Atlantic. Uh, okay, I hear get you. A little North Greece, Atlantic. Get a little Iceland. There's some random oh. ass islands that nobody lives on. Those are probably voice wrestling havens as well. Probably Aruba would be nice. Aruba. I don't Go think that's Caribbean too. Yeah, yeah. 
That's nowhere near Iceland. I didn't so. say it was near. I'm just saying anything in the Atlantic, an island in the Atlantic. I thought you meant like the North Atlantic. Like I'm now talking all the Atlantic, man. I'm thinking big. All right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Once we get Iceland in the, we already have the Isle of Man. Once we get Iceland. Yeah. And then I don't know. Like, I'm sure Are we could you... get Greenland if we'd wanted to. It's not too well, hard. Well, Trump can't get Greenland. That's true. Are you going to attempt to buy Iceland? Uh, I'm going to try. I. Um, the Patreon's doing all right. The Patreon's doing pretty good. Yeah, at least at Patreon. least they're offering. You know what? Voices of wrestling. Right. I mean, keep keep subscribing even a little bit more, and then maybe I can conceal the deal because it's gonna be tough. You know. What about these monsters, Rich, who cancel their subscriptions a week before they get charged? What do you think of these guys? Oh, you know, I've 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 been there, but there's no excuse. You're just a monster. You're a terrible person. Yeah. So you know, I I got children to feed. Over you're here. taking food off of Jolanta's plate. I hope you're happy. <laughs> I, I, Rich has to buy Iceland. Right. I mean, why do you guys do this? Yeah, don't make me don't make me have to buy the Faroe Islands. I don't want to buy the Faroe Islands. I want to buy Iceland. So you know. No. Oh, the nurse has chimed in that she is fine buying the Faroe Islands. So. I'm sure it'll be your next trip, and I'm sure it'll be during a WrestleMania weekend or something. <laughs> Look, you, I always tell you, if it was up to me. We have to do better planning. It, it, the problem is she just like takes days off, and I have to be like, "Oh God, that's this week or whatever." But I am plan. I will say this: I am planning on doing a, a, a instant reaction of all out um, after the show. So if you're a Patreon subscriber, that's a good little uh, little hook there. Uh, Patreon.com/slash/VoiceWrestling. You weren't trying to do that, but uh, that is because I want to get my thoughts on all out on audio, so I'll be able to do it immediately after the show uh, that I'm not attending, even though it's happening 20 minutes from my house, because that's that's just how things work out for this uh, all out. On this here AEWmecca.com podcast here. So Rich is salty because we didn't get press pass. <laughs> I didn't get press pass. So Some people did. It. Some people did, but I didn't. So, you know, it's fine. I, it's cool. It's all right. You know, I, I don't know what to tell you. They, they say it's a random draw. What do you think about that? Hmm. You're not so sure? No, I'm not so sure about that. We, yeah, we don't really bury them anymore. I mean, the, the pre shows we bury. Yeah, I mean, we know they're listening, but no, I'm sure it's not any particular. They're just they're, they're too big for me now. They're too big for the little guys. They forgot big where they timing. came from. They forgot where they oh. came from. It's fine. Are they still sending us checks? Oh yeah, the, the checks are still coming, so that's fine. Well, then don't worry about it. You know, <laughs> com. Yeah, you know, but um, so you'll be skipping off the Rejavak, mm-hmm. and I'll be you know, not only <laughs> am I tasked with doing a huge show next week by myself somehow with all these massive reviews. I wasn't invited to this instant reaction show either. Just so the well, do you want to? You could be. I thought you were going to Vegas. I, I, this is so. What are you? I didn't know you were staying home. I thought you were like going and doing. I, I didn't know if the the, the Vegas trip was canceled. But you, you're more than welcome. Listen, this is awkward. I'm not going to invite myself. <laughs> what day is this dopey show? Uh, I believe Saturday is what all out is. Yes, the thirty first. Yes. When the hell is my wife's birthday? The first, I believe. Right. Yeah, I think, but we're not. I don't <laughs> no, know. I yeah, when are, I don't know when we're going to the. Uh, That's what I'm saying, man. I think you're after all out. I think you're off to dinner. No, I don't know when. I don't know what day to dinner is. Okay, okay. Well, you're not gonna do like a Monday Labor Day or a, a Sunday dinner. That seems. Well, it could be Friday. I don't know. I guess okay. All right. I, I I really don't know. I I just told her, pick whatever place you want and make the damn thing and I'll, I'll, I'll take you there. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'll even be watching all out live. So that's all right. But again, it's all, <laughs> feel I, don't my, I don't want to invite myself. So, you know, it's, it's fine. I'll just, oh, don't worry. I will break it all down next week on this show. Somehow all by myself. 
I'll just have to take multiple breaks. That's all. It's a lot to talk three straight hours that by yourself. Tough. You know what I mean? While you're off eating seal meat or whatever it is you do in Iceland. Shark. I believe a shark is it. I'm not eating a shark anyway. So. What, do you, what do you do in Iceland? Do you ski? Do you fucking? Uh, I'm not. No, I'm not skiing. I'm mostly hiking, ice outdoor skate, stuff. You know? I don't ice skate. No, mostly like ice out fishing. Here. Like what is it? No, no. And we're going in September. I don't think there's a lot of ice fishing going on there right now. Um, no, just kind of hiking, being outside, doing stuff. Wait, it's, not, take photos. it's not cold there right now. It's like 50s. You know what I mean? Not like. It's not 20, you know, it's not snowing or, da- you know, but it, it, it's, right. it's got a nip to it, you know, a little nip in the air. A little nip, a little yeah. nip. Yeah. What like a little nip. So, all right. All right. Go to, <laughs> go to Iceland. I don't know. <laughs> Never. <laughs> all right. Before this goes completely off the rail, I feel like, I feel like you're very upset at me, but um, we do have so We obviously have, as you said, a huge wrestling weekend to preview here. We got all out Royal Quest. NXT UK takeover Cardiff in front of the NXT UK universe. I can't wait, Joe. I know you can as well. Uh, Rev Pro Summer Sizzler. Just a ton of shit to go over. But I did want to touch on this real quick because we got, um, and this is from uh, uh, Dominic D'Angelo, who, uh, who writes for WrestleZone.com, uh, tweeted this out a little bit earlier, and it was a picture of the uh, the menu at StarCast. So StarCast, Joe, you know, of course, we were <laughs> famous last year uh, getting in trouble about StarCast. Is the, you know, the, the podcast convention, the meet and greet convention, that sort of stuff going on. Uh, adjacent, uh, I, I what's the term there? Because it's not with all out, but it's kind of you know what I mean, like kind of in that weird little what would you call it? Adjacent, well, relative, they, like what you know? They don't want to say they don't say that they're partners, but it's like yeah, we're here and you're here, and like what, what would you? They piggyback them. I think piggyback. That's Let's clear. go with piggyback. That's fine. Adjacent piggyback, whatever. So uh, we have the uh, the menu here at the Market Bowl, which is hey, uh, hey, before before we get to the menu, and I want to break down that menu. Um, don't you think it's funny how our instincts were dead on when we chose not to participate and sit in a hallway and uh, record a podcast in the hallway of the hotel that first year? When and, and we got lambasted for that by the organizer, and now they don't even do that anymore because all the other shows that did participate uh, now realize that it was pretty much uh, a scam. Can we victory lap that? We can victory lap that. Absolutely. And then we got a, a beautiful booth at uh, the podcast movement stage. Uh, I got to have a great conversation with Dave Lagana after yeah. Cody wins <laughs> the NWA on a, title. On, like, a, on a professional broadcasting stage from a professional broadcasting entity, which is what we opted for. We got, ton, we got you know, a little passive aggressiveness from some people for that. But our instincts were dead on the entire way. And, um, you know, I don't think Star- Starcast hasn't done that dopey podcast. I don't believe they are. Yeah, it's really just meet and greets this year and um, just little like seminars and whatnot and, and you know, talks or whatever. But, yeah, I think the podcast row is uh, so, so the, this year, the so. lesson here is you can only get people to pay for the right to do their podcast at your convention once before they realize that's uh, not a swell idea the second time around. Rich is just tugging his collar. He doesn't want because <laughs> you're not going to be in Chicago. I got to see some of these people. None of you are going to hear this. He's going to edit all this off. But I just want to point out that that was a big thing at the time, and we it were was. last year at this time. It was definitely the the talk of the show was us uh, uh, not turning going to podcast and turning yeah. it down, and 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 yeah, how uh, yeah, we were correct every step of the way um, it, with our instincts and and the way that it has uh, all played out. Now you know they want to put us on the stage with the other big boys. You know, then we'll talk. But yeah, that was just a, yeah, that was just bad. I mean, God. But hey, you got to work your hustle. Yeah, they made a lot of money. They made a lot of money off of that. 
They did a pretty good job and, there. And you did a show where you didn't have to pay from a professional state. <laughs> it was a tremendous show. Yeah. Right. Got got a good got to talk on good mics. Good got you know nice everything all set up for me. It was it was nice and good. Got a great guest and Dave Lagana. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was awesome. Yeah. So. All right, let's break down this menu. All right, so you are a, a restaurateur, right? What What is your official? What would you define yourself? Joe Lanza blank. What would you well, say? Well, I won't get into the nitty gritty because you know I have a lot of rich. I have a lot of losers and haters out there who don't like me. So uh, you last, <laughs> no, believe it or not, believe Stop. it or not, and 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 the last thing I need is um, to say something a little saucy on this show or or on Twitter. And then uh, have people, you know, uh, digging up my uh, place of employment, trying to get me shit canned. So, uh, I, yeah, I, I am loosely uh, tied to the restaurant world. Let's there just we go. Okay, it. that's that's fine. So, so you, you you're an authority on on this. I'm gonna I'm gonna give oh, you a list of items yeah. and the the ingredients of said items. Not the prices. The prices are whatever. We don't care. You know, like I, I don't. We don't need to get into that. that well, I that's... could break down the price per plate and tell you if they're doing a nice job here or whatnot. But I but don't are know. You, it's not a home game, though. You know what I mean? Like you don't know. It's True. like a, a you know a hotel in Chicago. Like these price. I look at these prices and I'm not immediately stunned. I'm a little surprised by them, and I'm not immediately stunned. So that might be. I don't want you to again. <laughs> now that I know that you have haters, I don't want you to acquire any more haters here with your you know uh, ignorant knowledge of, of of Chicago pricing markets or whatever. So. um if you want to do the prices, I can do them. But I was just going to do the the items and the ingredients. Is okay, that fair? let's break them down. Yeah. Okay, let's do that. So we got the first item on the list here at the Market Bowl is the Lucha Brothers Nachos. These are crispy fried tortilla chips, homemade chili, chipotle cheddar, sour cream, and scallion. Joe, what do you think of the Lucha Bros Nachos? A little basic. A little basic. That's what I was thinking. Uh, those aren't very exotic ingredients on those nachos. But uh, it sounds like they're just keeping it simple. It's a nice, safe nacho that a uh, that a customer could order, and uh, you know, it's it's uh, they're not trying to reinvent the wheel with those, though. I, I will say that much. Are you? I'm a little surprised that they would do the uh, the chili, and it doesn't say if the chili has meat in it or not, because I would say that would be a pretty good option for the vegetarians. Is is go to the nachos? It's usually a pretty good way to go. Uh, but that chili, I don't know if it's got meat in it, so that could be uh, I could really swing things one way or another. So, quite frankly, Rich, what does it matter with the vegetarians? <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. All right. Marco Stunt Tots. Uh, tater Tots, breaded cheese curds, pulled beef short rib, caramelized onions, and gravy. Yeah, you lost me at the uh, Tots immediately. I, you know, what, what am I, five? What am I eating Tater Tots? <laughs> I like Tater Tots a lot. Uh, just, you know, I just I, ate Tater Tots before we talked to you. <laughs> yeah, They're I mean, fantastic. It's, nah, you, uh, you, you lost me at Tater Tots. <laughs> now you're putting cheese curds on them. You're mixing too many worlds here. Like, yeah, it's kind of like a poutine, but not. It, it is basically a poutine, but with Tater Tots instead of fries, which is just like, I, mean, I like tater tots. tots. I like the Tater Tots, but do the fries then if you're going to do poutine. Kids are going to instantly go, ooh, tots. And then you're going to go, they have cheese curds. And the yeah, kids are going to go, well, I'm not eating Yeah, they're that. not going to eat the beef short ribs. So, so yeah, no, I you lost me at tater tot. You're combining too many worlds here. You're trying to make a fancy tater tot. There's no such thing as a fancy tater tot. Okay, tater tots are just a shit children's food. And um, no, that's a bad meal. Okay, so you're, would you consider them 0 for 2 then with the Lucha Bros nachos and the Marco stunt tots? The nachos are fine. You know, it's a, it's a neutral uh you know safe meal they didn't go crazy now i don't have a problem with the nacho every restaurant of that type i assume there's like a casual diner it's yeah it's yeah. just some generic like hotel diner thing you so. should have some kind of nacho so i'm fine with that the tots though can hit the bricks all right we have the bean the elite cheese sticks here five toasty cheese sticks with marinara dipping sauce 
they're just standard that you know That's you know it. that they're just frozen right off of the fucking Cisco truck mozzarella <laughs> sticks. How much they charge you for those? Seven dollars. This is what I wanted. To, I wanted to bring up the prices sometimes. Uh, as I said, some of the stuff kind of falls in line, but these seven dollars for five cheese sticks, which wow. I, and and a man that is you know it, it loosely affiliated with the restaurant industry. Uh, yeah. Can you speak to this? Um, we have so much to talk about. I can't believe we're talking about this, but it's great. Um, mozzarella sticks. I always see them on menus, and they're always like the most, like the most expensive appetizer humanly possible. What? What is, is it like? The best deal? Like, what? What are they that expensive to buy? Like, what is the deal with mozzarella sticks, man? Well, seven dollars for five mozzarella sticks is a quite the hefty markup, but cheese is expensive. To be fair. So, uh, you know, depending where the cheese commodities are right now and all that, but, um, yeah, that, that though, $7 for five cheese sticks. Do you trade in cheese? I didn't know you. (laughs) No, the cheese commodities, they're all over the place, man. It's, uh, yeah, that's a big thing. Especially, uh, I used to be, um, you know, I used to be a suit rich in the, uh, in the, uh, competitive pizza business, as you know, um, for, for many different, uh, pizza companies and, uh, yeah, cheese. Cheese is very volatile. You wouldn't, okay. yeah, it's a volatile market. And well, I get it now because gotta, yeah, any like that seven dollars is like staggering. But like if you go to a place like the the mozzarella sticks are like six, you know, five six dollars is minimum for the mozzarella sticks. I'm always like, man, like when like a dollar per stick here is nuts. When I was, you know, the one company I used to work for, when cheese prices would would drop, and we would forecast ahead and know that they were going to go up shortly thereafter. We would buy as much as we could from our suppliers and then freeze it, you know, to avoid the, you know, and then use the, the, the cheaper cheese for a couple months to beat when the prices went back up. This must be thrilling radio. For <laughs> I'm enjoying it. I, I'm, I'm like learning this, a little something. Here. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, I, I, as here. long as I'm learning, man, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. So, yeah. So, 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 yeah, the cheese markets are very volatile. Cheese commodities. Everyone has learned that now. So, yes. That's good. Yeah. We've, we've, we've educated people. All right. Let's move on here to the best friends onion rings served with spicy chipotle mayo. Okay. I'm going to go on a little rant here. Okay. That's fine. These are $7 as well. So, a huge markup, by the way. Because again, <laughs> I was going to say they are the I best friends. Get... I don't know if the best friends are getting a cut, but uh, Chucky e. T is walking out. These uh, aren't even good, like, word plays either. Like, no, uh, they're, 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 they they don't get right. any better either. They don't get any better. Um, these very obviously are also frozen straight off the Cisco <laughs> truck onion rings. I have no doubt about that in my mind. I don't think there's somebody hand cutting and breading the finest onions for these onion rings. I'm not getting that. I'm not picking up that vibe at all. And obviously, if you cut and bread your own onion rings, it's going to be a little better. But I don't get the impression that th- that's what these are here. But what annoys me about this item is the Chipotle mayo. Because this is a thing that the chefs are doing and these restaurants are doing where they take mayonnaise, you throw a random spice in it, and then you have Chipotle mayonnaise. It's just fucking mayonnaise. Okay? It's lazy. It's a lazy side. It's a lazy uh, uh, condiment to serve. And uh, who wants to dip onion rings in mayonnaise? Yeah, it doesn't sound. I'm, I'm not a big onion rings guy, so I can't really speak to it uh, too much. But yeah, not, not, up my, not up my wheelhouse. Tired of these quote unquote fancy mayonnaises, which it's just lazy. You take a tub of mayonnaise and you put chives, and now you have chive mayonnaise. You put fucking garlic and you have garlic mayonnaise. You put chipotle, you got chipotle. It's lazy. Okay, I don't like it. I don't approve of it. So 
that meal, I don't like it. Get it out of here. Well, you're about to get real upset now because, uh, Joe, we have all elite wings, and I know you're a big wings guy here. Uh, you're going to get 12 crispy fried wings tossed in Polynesian sweet and spicy mayo. Okay, number one, who tosses <laughs> wings and mayonnaise? I, I was wondering the same thing. I was, I, I again, I'm not loosely adjacent uh, to the uh, restaurant industry, so I don't, I've never heard of that. What the hell is going on here, Joe? No, that's that's unheard of, and it sounds disgusting. And um, you know, they're they're obviously just mixing mayo with, uh, with uh, you know, some uh, sweet sour kind of sauce, calling it Polynesian, and and that, that it sounds repulsive. Who would look at that and think that that's a good idea? This is not – these are bad. Most of these uh, menu items are bad. What they charge you for that? Like $11.99 or something? Uh, so $11. $11. Okay. So, yeah, I don't know. If you want to coat your wings in mayonnaise, knock yourself out. But um, I'm not going to join you. I'm definitely good. We'll, we'll go a little quicker through these guys because it's taking much longer. But I, I'm enjoying this segment a lot. I hope uh, you guys are as well. Uh, JR's sassafras, crispy fries in basil, pesto, and balsamic uh, I don't even know what this word is. Gastrique topped with Parmesan. Is it gastrique? Is that the uh, way to pronounce that? I don't even know what that is. Do you even know what that is? Uh, I'm not even looking at it. I don't know. It's crispy fried with basil pesto said. and balsamic. G-A-S-T-R-I-Q-U-E. Yeah, I don't know. If I don't even know what it is, then <laughs> yeah, I can't. It's probably not good. Fuck off. I'm yeah. done. All right. We'll move on to uh, Young Bucks Pizza. Um, yes. Or, yeah, sorry, Young Bucks Pizza. So it's not even the Young Bucks Pizza. It is one of the Young Buck. And their pizzas, because oh. it's uh, the apostrophe S is in the wrong place. I should let them know about that. Um, anyway, uh, big enough for two, cheese or pepperoni. That is $8 for that. But, Joe, but if you want to add fries and a fries or a salad to your Young Bucks pizza, it's going to cost you $12. You can add fries or a salad to your Young Bucks cheese or pepperoni pizza. What do you think for that? For $4? <laughs> I mean, listen, I appreciated a good upsell. Okay, you got to shake people down for as much as you can get. But four dollar salad that better be a fancy fucking salad. And I bet you it's iceberg lettuce, <laughs> shredded carrots, one tomato, one cherry tomato. Right. That's exactly what you're getting. And yeah. it's a fucking four dollar ups. Oh, wow. They got <laughs> balls. This they place. They have balls. They have balls. Uh, Luchasaurus's dino tacos. We got three soft tortillas, beef or chicken, lettuce, Monterey Jack, salsa, sour cream. And guac for eleven dollars. Again, sounds like a very basic time. Eleven dollars. Wow, that better be like fucking steak in those beef ones, but it's not. It's gonna be crumbled beef. You know that. So, but man, that's that's some price for that. Those sound pretty basic too. Uh, Brian's cage-free chicken bowl here. We got quinoa lentil pilaf, wild mushrooms, and fresh tomatoes. Brian Cage isn't even on the AEW roster. <laughs> That's my problem with that. I think he's showing up at. Uh, I think he's. Is he showing up at Starcast? I believe he is. But um, okay. Regardless, uh, the Janella dog go all out or Chicago style. So it's just a hot dog. <laughs> but you can go all out, Joe, or right. you get the Chicago style hot dog. So uh, you can get a Chicago Janella dog. Yes, or you can get with an all f- out Janella dog. I don't know what's on the all out Janella dog, but yeah, the Chicago one had the pickle on it and everything. Yeah, yeah, pickle. Tomato, yeah, sport pepper. All right, okay. The problem is, and, and this is the the fundamental flaw with what I'm assuming this dog is going to be, is that when you say Chicago style, it just can't be 
this is when when like I go other places and I see that they sell like Chicago. It, like it's the type of hot dog that's used. It's the bun that's used. It's you know what I mean. There's a lot of things that go into it, and people just throw like you know relish and like a tomato on it and be like, yeah, Chicago style. I'm like, no, there's there's like an art to it. Like you get you know, it's not just things that you think that it's on, that are on there. There's you know you got to do. This. So I don't that's know. What about the all out dog? What do you what, what do you think about the all out dog? What's on uh, the all out dog? Could you even? Assume? I cannot. I can't assess this without knowing what's on it. They don't you know say. I, mean? I, yeah, I know it could be great. No. I mean, it could be the best, but it could be ketchup and mustard. You, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Well, based on what I've heard so far, it could go either way because they get real fancy with their fucking fries. But, you know, some of the other <laughs> yeah, shit. But, but their tacos are just like generic yeah. bullshit. Yeah. Uh, Joey's pulled pork here. We got um, piled high with barbecue sauce, Kaiser roll, and fries. Is that a masturbation joke? Oh, it is. I just got that. that was That's a masturbation joke, Rich. I think you're right. I think you're right. I think you're, yeah. you're right here. All right. Let's move on here. Librarian's Silent Steak Sandwich. You ready for this one, Joe? I know you love librarians. You're going to get shaved prime rib, provolone, gravy, and fries. That sounds good. I'm, I'm down for that. Does it sound $15 good, though? Prime rib, provolone. I mean, if it's not prime it's rib good, on there, yeah, it's, it's, that's probably the best. That is of everything we've read so far. That is, I think, number one on my list that I would eat. It so. might be the best item. Yeah, that might be what I'd go with. Yeah. All right, we got Brandy's CBO sandwich. It's a classic club with lettuce, tomato, bacon, turkey, and fries. What are they charging for that? Uh, Eleven bucks there. Yeah, I was gonna say eight ninety nine. <laughs> A little overpriced for a BLT. They keep yeah. it simple. Yeah, little, I mean, you get the turkey in there too. It, it is, it turkey is generic. On there. That's, fair. that's fair. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's wheelhouse. But that's fine. You know. Yeah, I could see myself eating that for sure. Yeah, there's turkey on there as well. Okay. All right. I, I can give him a break. Yeah. All right, we got two more here. MJF's middle chicken fingers. The only name so far that's been pretty good. Uh, five uh, chicken fingers served with fries, honey mustard, or blue cheese dip. Again, these are going to be frozen. They're not back there cutting up chicken cutlets and bread. And, you know, so um, this should be what seven ninety nine, ten dollars. All right, My yeah, popular. I don't know. That's a it's a kid's meal. <laughs> All right, so children's we'll meal, out. chicken fingers. It Come is, on, it is. Yeah, you can get that. Pair that with the tots, and the kids are ready to go for uh, twenty two dollars. They're all set. So yeah. Uh, all right, American Nightmare Burger. We're gonna end it here. A grilled patty, barbecue pork belly slab, onion rings, spicy pickles on a brioche bun with fries. Wait, what? A, a pork belly is on there? You said so. You got so you got a, a patty. Got your burger yeah. patty. So it's an old burger. Uh, you also have the barbecue pork belly slab on top of the the the, the patty. All right, I had a, I heard enough. No, this is junk. That you're throwing onion rings. That's that children's. I can't. Yeah, no kid is gonna eat this. What are you talking I about? I can't. I can't. I, you know, I can't. It's too. It's too. It's too much. Just okay. If you're gonna serve me a burger, serve me a burger. I don't need a pork belly slab on top of the fucking. It, there's beef and pork. There's on beef this and thing? pork and an onion ring and spicy pickles. It's it's all no. It's too much. It's too much on a bun. I no, I can't. There's a lot. Yeah, I, I'm not into the. There's like the, the 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 new revolution of just like, or I guess it was an old revolution. I don't think it's quite around anymore. The like 
the fancy burger places where there's like 16 fucking things on your burger and you can't even hold it and it just falls apart and it's like what am i doing here like why am i eating this the joke all right anyway thank you uh dominic d'angelo russellzone.com uh, for uh sharing that uh incredible uh market bowl menu there and we got some insights from joe i learned about cheese commodities <laughs> things i've never never thought i would ever know so that's good um all right we got a lot to get to joe but before we do that we do want to let you know that this episode of the voices of wrestling flagship podcast is sponsored by our friends at my bookie and joe from wagers on college football action to odds on the presidential election my bookie truly has something fun for everybody. My bookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, period. And this year, my bookie is hosting the first ever online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs $100 to enter. All you have to do for this show is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize. Boy, that's something I think you could do, right? You're, you're, you're a gambling man. So for a hundred bucks, all I got to do, all I got to do for a hundred bucks is pick five games of my choice against the spread each week. That's it. And if I'm the winner, I win a hundred thousand dollars, hundred thousand dollars, Joe, hundred bucks to enter hundred thousand dollars, five games against the spread every week. You can easily do that, right? I'm in. I'm in. All of you guys should be in too. Everybody listening to that. I think I, I know we, we we have some discussions on Twitter and so like I know we got a little bit of a uh, you know uh, people talking about gambling a little bit more sports game with NFL season coming up. Obviously, that's a great opportunity for all you guys. A hundred bucks to enter the super contest and chance to win a hundred thousand dollars. Five games against the spread, man. I can even do that. Man, I'm excited. You th- see, you think you can? I'm, I'm gonna lose the first week for sure. I'm gonna be like, oh, definitely the Cardinals are covering this one. <laughs> like they're not, you know. The Cardinals suck. Like who, the Cardinals suck, right? Like I don't even know that part. So you haven't even watched an NFL game in six years. So that's, uh, that is true. Yeah, that is. But listen, problem. it's only a hundred bucks. It's I was gonna content. say for a hundred bucks. I mean, why not? You know, that's it's like it could be the blind luck thing. Like you know the the. The person, the secretary at your office that picks, you know, March Madness based off the colors, and she ends up winning. And all you, know you what? idiots who are sitting there slaving over there, you guys, you know, she's beating you all. You would be the jerk that wins. <laughs> exactly. Right. I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here in my visor with my, you know, uh, with my calculator and yeah, my, your un, uh, your unlit cigar, you know. <laughs> yeah, and I'm break. I'm handicapping like I've been doing the last 25 years. You'd come in. You haven't watched a game in six years, and you would win. So you absolutely should enter. And that's uh, that is why my bookie is always the right play. We say this: uh, you bet, you win, and they pay. Uh, my bookie has live in-game betting on every single NFL game, as we mentioned. They've also got the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over/under on how many fantasy points a player will score in each game. That's actually interesting to me too, because you know, if I don't know the point spreads, I don't know the teams all that well. Yeah, and some people, especially, you know, I, I grew up in an era where I played a lot of fantasy football. Like I knew the players more so than I knew the teams. I knew that like. I'm going to show my age here. Like Larry Johnson was going to do well. You know what I mean? Like she's running back Larry John. He's problematic now. I think he got into trouble. Anyway, Larry Johnson would, you know, have a great game. Like I could bet that. I knew that those guys were going to do well. I knew that sort of stuff. So that interests me a lot. The fantasy points. Uh, for player. Would, uh, you, would you get involved in that at all? You think? Here's proof you haven't watched an NFL game in six years. You just use Larry Johnson <laughs> as your know. point of reference. Didn't he retire like 10 years? I don't know. Kansas City Chiefs, like Priest Holmes. If Priest Holmes has a good game, you're going to win, folks. That's great. (laughs) Rich, please stop. (laughs) Please stop. So my bookie is offering up to $1,000 first deposit bonus. You can double your first deposit. All you have to do, Rich, you paying attention, use promo code VOICES, V-O-I-C-E-S, to activate the offer. So visit my bookie online today. That's my bookie. M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code VOICES, V-O-I-C-E-S, 
and when creating your account to claim your bonus. Bet, win, get paid. My bookie. All right, let's get into it here. We got all out coming up this weekend. We're going to lead off with that. Uh, as Of course, August 31st, we'll talk about it at the top of the show. Uh, for people that don't know, if you maybe haven't been aware, it is on pay-per-view and also be our live. So same thing as uh, the, the first show that they did. So not going to be you know free. It's not going to be streaming. It is pay-per-view and be our live. Uh, that says not as much of a talking point as it was for that first show because we don't really need to t- touch on it anymore for double or nothing. Like they proved that they are a pay-per-view commodity. And uh, real before we kind of get into the, the card itself, do you think wh- where's the buzz? Where's the VOW buzzometer? Where's the Joe buzzometer right now for all out? Do you do you feel it as much as you did for double or nothing? What about for fighter? Like where does it kind of fit in the pantheon of all elite wrestling pay-per-views or big events that we've had so far? It doesn't feel as big as double or nothing. Um, it's hard to say. I think the failure to properly heat up Adam Page has hurt it mm-hmm. for sure. But I think they really did a tremendous job in handling the Mox situation. I think they nailed that because they gave everyone the disappointment of Moxley not wrestling on the show, and then about twenty or thirty minutes later. Nobody was disappointed anymore, and everybody forgot how disappointed they were when they inserted Pac as the replacement. And I think everyone is more than satisfied with that. So I don't think it's going to hurt them losing Moxley. I think whatever pay-per-view buys this show was going to do with Moxley, they're still going to do now. Um, which is a bold statement when you consider that Moxley, you know, coming off WWE TV and right uh, right coming off a great new japan run but i really feel like um you know there there was a lot of excitement around replacing him with Pac. no i kind of have the same thought as well is that like you can and, and i think you can have both thoughts you can have an idea that moxley is a big deal and a big star and a reason why people would would watch the show but then at the same time sort of say okay well moxley's off the show but i don't know that those people that were saying oh well i'm gonna watch it because moxley is in it are now like I, I maybe i'm wrong maybe we'll see that that, that number kind of come through but i don't feel like any of those people now are gonna say oh forget if moxley's off i'm done like i'm not gonna watch the show i feel like and that's kind of the benefit to to, to all lead and, and and a lot of what they've been doing is that like they get people in and then it's all about kind of hooking them with other things yeah okay you came in because of moxley he can't be there, but cool. Here's the other stuff we have. It's not like I and I know like it's hard to address that. It's hard to kind of rationalize that of like you can say that he's a big deal and you can think that he's a big deal. We talked about it last week. He's one of the big reasons why this show sold as well as it did. It's a big reason why this show had as much buzz as it did. But now that he's gone, it doesn't feel like it's going to be an absolute negative that he's gone. But those can both be true. And I think a lot of that is because, like you said, they handled it well and they announced Pac. Like if they just said, okay, well, Kenny Omega's off now too. I don't know that you'd have people just saying, I'll oh, forget it, I'm not gonna watch it all, but they they did it. I think they handled it in such a good way that anybody that was expecting Moxley, other than maybe a handful of people, will, will probably still watch the show regardless of if Moxley's on it or not. Yeah, I I agree. Um, the bigger issue to me is is Adam Page doesn't feel hot coming into this at all. Yeah, let, let's let's touch and, on that because that's oh go ahead yeah that, but that's our main no event no no here. go ahead go ahead. So I was gonna say main event here Adam Page uh, Chris Jericho for the AEW World Championship and I know we have had it we had a discussion you and I. Uh, many, many months ago, talking about this match. We knew this match was going to come. We knew that it would be Paige and it would be Jericho in this match. And I'm, I know at the time, and, if, and correct me if I'm wrong, you thought Jericho was the play here. Give the title to Jericho. Am I correct? 
yeah, I still think that's the play. And and, and I at the time said, you know, I, I I I like the Jericho idea. I think you might be onto something there. I would be okay with that. But I like the idea of Adam Page winning the title too, and and building the company around Adam Page and doing all this stuff around Adam Page. Fast fast forward to today, I there is no earthly idea, n- not even a, 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 a an ounce of thought into giving Adam Page the title here. That would be a disaster to do that here, and. It's it's amazing because they just this company has done a lot of stuff well. It has built a lot of matches well. We're going to talk about a match that I probably wouldn't have been interested in a year ago that I cannot wait for uh, on the show. But I think they've done a pretty terrible job with Adam Page. And I've watched some of the YouTube stuff. And and even that, like, he doesn't project himself that well. The most recent being the Elite. He's on there for, like, five minutes or, you know, five five seconds, I should say. And it's like, dude, this guy's, like, challenging for your world title. And then, you know, he's in a a segment where he's doing a sit-down interview with with JR and he doesn't pop off the page there and they, he's doing stuff with, and then like Jericho cuts a promo and it's like, holy shit, this guy's a star. This guy's the champion. Like there's no way, there's no way that I feel like you can go with Adam Page here. It's just, he's not hot. He's not ready. And, and I don't know what the solution is for him. I don't know if it's something that can go down the line, but, but these last few months, this was the time to kind of get him ready for this. And I don't know anybody that would argue that he's ready for it. No, he's not. But even if he were ready for it, even if Pac, didn't pull out of their first match. And even if everything went according to plan, and even if he wasn't stuck in battle Royals and four-way matches that were a situation where, you know, they just couldn't stick to their original plan. They had to, you know, even if, even if everything had worked out and he was coming in hot, I'd still say Jericho should win this match. I think Jericho should be their first champion. I think Jericho is uh, a legitimate star and, uh, you know, as close to a mainstream star as you're going to get with with who they have on their roster. And I don't buy into the idea that it's a bad look uh, that you're strapping up a former WWE wrestler or all that. He's your wrestler now. He's not a WWE wrestler anymore. He's an AEW wrestler. And, you know, you should only concern yourself with who's on your roster and what they and what they mean to you. And Jericho is their biggest star and he's a heel. And I think it's a better story. Even if Paige were hot, I think it's a better story that he would be chasing. What, what? Why would you crown him immediately like this? If you think he's your long-term babyface star, the money's in the chase. So, uh, you know, you don't you don't crown him right away. I that that never that wouldn't have made sense to me even if he was hot. I think right. Jericho at almost fifty years of age as well. How much more are you going to get out of Jericho? So you strike now while he's still a draw and he's still a star and he can still get in there and reasonably perform. Everything to me always pointed to put this title on Jericho. There is so much time to get to Kenny Omega and Cody and Adam Page and Pac and whoever the fuck else that, you know, down the line you can put in the title. You have forever with those guys. You have right now with Chris Jericho. Yeah, and I think that's a great point. I think, you know, ultimately... I was looking for a reason to say, okay, Adam Page is, is, is like Jericho was always the play. Jericho was the better play. Jericho was, was clearly when you're going on TNT and you're trying to get mainstream publicity and all that sort of stuff, Jericho's the play. Like Jericho's the guy you give the title to. He fits better in that role as well. Uh, it's better if guys are chasing him or whatnot. But I, I'm really disappointed in that there isn't just like, because there's no debate. Like there is zero debate that Adam Page could win. Because like I was hoping that it'd be like, okay, look. Yeah, Jericho's probably the right play. Yeah, Jericho should win it. But man, look at how good Adam Page is. Like, man, maybe, like you talk about strike while the iron's hot. Like, I was hoping that it was a situation where like, oh, dude, this guy's a megastar. Let's go. Let's do something with him. And it's just not there. It's not there at all to the point where I don't think you can make, like I said, a reasonable case whatsoever to Hangman Page. Like, like there, there, was, there was maybe more of a case for Jericho before, but there was some case for Page. There was 100% 
for Jericho now. There, there is just no way that you can go to TV with Adam Page as your champion. And they, and I don't think they're going to do it. They might. I mean, they could. Obviously, he's one of the two guys in the match. They could. But I think that would be a, a, a gross misstep and just a bad idea. As you said, go for the chase. Have him build up. And 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 I, I did want to make this point, too, before we kind of move on to other matches, is the thing with Adam Page, too, is I think he's a guy who, when, when, when they're on TV, and when they're able to do weekly promos and when they're able to do weekly video package or whatever they're going to do for their TV is a guy that I think is going to do a little bit well because he doesn't he doesn't jump off the page on a YouTube show. He doesn't jump off the page on social media. He doesn't jump off the page in, in terms of kind of the stuff that AEW's had to rely on so far for publicity. But I think he's a guy that on weekly TV goes through a win streak, you know, has some pretty good promos, has some pretty good video packages or whatnot. They could get him ready to go. It's just he what they've been using to market he's not great at and it's it's led to what we're kind of coming to now which you know the main event has one of you know a guy in the match that that just feels as cold as ice right now look maybe adam page is never gonna happen maybe he'll never connect but you put the title on jericho here and then you restart the adam page thing it didn't work out you know for a variety of reasons some were not within their control and not their fault and others were their fault I thought the layout of the Kip Sabian match was was terrible. Right. And a horrible way to, you know, and they have, and look, I don't think the plan was ever for Hangman Page to win the title because they've been doing this injured knee deal and that's going to be their out. He's going to lose because of the knee. And that's going to be sort of the babyface excuse for why the babyface didn't win. And look, that's clearly the direction they're going. And that's fine. You get him on TV. And you start the long, slow build to Adam Page winning this title. And if he doesn't connect and it doesn't work, you have plenty of different places you could pivot to. There's stars on this roster. Kenny Omega is a bona fide pro wrestling star and, and mega draw. And he's sitting there outside of the title picture right now. He could easily be inserted in. Cody is, you could argue Cody is the most over wrestler to that fan base on every show. He is enormously over every single show in, in, in AEW. So that's a guy that you can uh, get into the mix. And then you've got, you know, the guys that are going to be longer term projects like MJF is obvious is the obvious one. And, um, you know, there, there are others. But, um, you know, we'll see what happens with Paige. But, yeah, he absolutely should not win this match. This this has to be Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho has to be the guy that you put on your TV as your champion with the belt slung over his shoulder, cutting promos on your TV that, that, you know, he's the best promo in the company. He's the biggest star in the company. And, and he's a tremendous heel and he's the guy who your baby faces should be chasing. That's the play. Absolutely. I'll move on to uh, Pac Kenny Omega. Of course, uh, John Moxley out, Pac in. We talked about that last week. Everybody knows about that. Uh, and the match itself, as as a result, doesn't have a ton of kind of traditional build, but uh, a match that I'm still pretty interested in. And I think, you know, we saw some stuff from uh, the YouTube clips and, the, and being the lead uh, of Kenny Omega and John Moxley. That feud is, is still happening. That feud is not done. Uh, and what do you think, before we kind of get into Pac versus Kenny Omega, I know you watched the uh, Kenny Omega promo from this week on, on being the elite. What do you think uh, of Kenny and, and what he had to say about uh, Moxley? I thought that that whole thing was tremendous. I mean, just the way that they handled it and the way that they kept that match hot, even though it's not happening, it's just so well done. And, um, you know, I don't think it was uh, the, the greatest promo I've ever heard. I thought Omega did a tremendous job with the promo, but I just more think the way that they handled it, I, I, it was an interesting way 
to handle the fact that the match wasn't happening. I didn't see that coming. It kind of came out of nowhere. Um, the style of promo that they used and, 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 and the way that they're taking this. And we talked about it last week before we saw this promo. But again, this is sort of like a happy accident that they fell into, right? Because to me, this was the drawing match on the show, Omega and Moxley. And it's like, now you get to do this match another time and draw another house with it. So it's not the worst thing in the world that Moxley's out because the replacement worked out so well and because you're keeping the feud alive and because you can now use that same matchup to pop another house somewhere down the line or pay-per-view buyer, wherever they choose to do it. I've heard people propose doing it on TV. That's not the worst idea either. If you think that match, you know, well, can draw a tele look you see how the first couple weeks against nxt shake out and if it's not going so hot for you maybe you do use it as a weapon on a wednesday night do kenny omega and moxley even though ideally it would be a pay-per-view match but now you have these options to consider because you're not burning off the match now so i really think they kind of lucked into something with this infection with this arm infection um, yeah, as far as the pot, Kenny Omega, I mean, what, what are your, I mean, anything different than last week? Do you feel any different about it? Or it's kind of, I mean, nothing's really, I mean, it's just going to be like, yeah, but I don't, like, I, don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't care though. I, yeah. I, it doesn't bother me at all because I think it's a match that it's, it's a replacement match. Number one. Right. And, and they've and, sold it that way too, which I think is interesting that they're just kind of like, all right, well, we'll call Pac and like Pac comes in and that's all it is like that. They haven't tried to make it into Pac, you know, getting upset at Kenny Omega or getting, he's just kind of like, all right, cool. Yeah, I'll do the, I'll do the match. Like. He's probably going to be a little bastard in the match, but it's that they came crawling to him, and I think that might be sort of the way that they they solve it. And I like the idea that again they didn't force feed a, a feud in a week. Like Kenny Omega still exactly. cared about Jen, John Moxley and just went, all right, well, yes. who am I facing now, Pac? All right, cool, whatever. Like I want, I, you know, I, I I'm in the mindset to face John Moxley, not Pac, but if Pac's going to be my opponent, well, then fine, I'll face Pac. Like, and that's fine. Like I think that's a good way to do it as opposed to manufacture something where you know. Kenny Omega's getting out of his car and the Pac runs up and closes the car door. You know, like, anything like that is just dumb. Like, just say, don't, don't sugarcoat it. Just say, oh, yeah, he's a replacement. And now he's coming to fight Kenny Omega. So I completely agree. It's like, I don't understand the complaints that they haven't come up with a storyline for this. Here's your storyline. He's the replacement. I, 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 you know, what I mean, that's it. I mean, he's, he, it's, it's, you don't, it, it, it is what it is. And, and now you have an out too. Here's the thing too. You can beat Omega in this match now because you could say that his focus was on Moxley. Right. And so, so Omega could easily lose this, you know, and, and in fact, I think he will lose it. Oh, I, I think, think he I will just too. myself into that. I think, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm, it's I'm, better to give <laughs> here. Let me throw this in yeah, yeah, yeah. and then give Go me ahead. your opinion on this. I think it's, it's, it's smarter to give Pac a win out of the gate. Let me rephrase that. I think it's better. I think it's, you can get away with beating Omega again uh, with no issue because he's Kenny Omega. Rather than starting off Pac with a loss, what do you think of that? No, I 100% agree. And I think Pac is a guy who, at, at this point, wins and losses are important to his character. Whereas Kenny Omega, wins and losses will be important to his character because AEW wins and losses, we, we've heard, are will matter. And so far, they've looked like they have mattered. So they will be important to Kenny Omega's character down the line. But I think they're of the utmost important to, uh, uh, importance to Pac. I think people know and, and people would buy into Kenny Omega having a losing streak at the beginning of all the, you know, wrestling and, and needing to kind of fight back to get into the title picture or whatever, if, and when he does that, which I believe he is probably the, the, the guy maybe at the end of the year or whatever that they, they build to. And, and, you know, he gets a few wins on tight uh, on TV and works his way up and works his way up, whatever. I could see that for him. Whereas Pac, like 
the aura is kind of lost if he day one comes in and loses to Kenny Omega, eats a V trigger, eats a, a one winged angel, and then gets pinned. Like a lot of his aura, a lot of what he's doing right now is because he wins and because he's a guy that kind of comes in here and 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 comes into companies and, and surprises people and wins or whatnot. So I'm totally with you that the aura gets lost a lot more from, from Pac if he takes a loss here, whereas Kenny Omega can definitely eat a loss. He can eat a few more losses here. We know when they want to heat him up, they will heat him up, and he'll go on a win streak, whereas Pac, I just I don't think it's going to work as well if he eats a loss from the beginning and then he's got to kind of climb his way up. or it just Everything that Pac's done this year has been because he wins, and, 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 and it's so important and vital to his character. So I, I, I agree. Yeah, Pac should win the match. And, can, you know, Kenny Omega just won a match, by the way. Right. Oh, no, I know, I know, shit. I know. It's just like... It's, no, I'm not reminding you. I'm reminding, the like, the listener. It's like, it's not like this guy is on some 10-match losing streak, okay? So there's that factor, too. And it's like, I don't... I think, you know, I don't think a loss hurts him. I, I don't, especially... Really, this is just a holding pattern until you get to the Mox match anyway. So get Pac off to a good start, you know, and and... And again, yeah, and, and I don't need some deep backstory for this. We all know it's a replacement. We all know that a bad thing happened, and they ran into some bad luck, and they replaced Mox with an awesome replacement. That's all I need. And like you're saying, if they tried to come up with a story for this match, it would be some contrived, goofy bullshit anyway. I'd rather not have any story if that's the case. Right. Uh, move on here to a match that I'm very fascinated by. This is a tag match here with the best friends versus the Dark Order. The winners receive a first-round bye, Joe, in the very, very important uh, AEW World Tag Team Championship Tournament. So uh, winners receive a first-round bye. So it's a uh, first-round match. It's a first-round match. Well, maybe. It's a first-round match, but then the loser will get another chance in another first-round match. That's Correct. really what that means. Right? Sort of, yeah. So yeah. Uh, the big question here is the Dark Order. They're winning this Fuck match, it. right? Oh yeah, Th- listen. They're going. F- they're moving forward with this dark order thing. They may end up winning the titles, ah, which is a disaster. Very uh, likely. It's listen. Unless this gets over quickly, and there's no indication that this is going to get over at all. This is a good. Um, you know, this is kind of a good test case to see if they will abandon ship, and and abort mission on things that aren't working, because this is not working, and. Uh, the the act is goofy, and I'm kind of hoping that this crowd doesn't react to them either, just so that we can see how AEW handles it. I don't want to see Dark Order get over, because I want to see how AEW will handle this sort of thing. Whether they'll be stubborn about it, whether they'll stay the course, or whether they were, or whether they will switch course. But I'm with you. I think they're winning this match, and I'd have them as my odds-on favorite to win the to win the whole tournament. Absolutely. Yeah, I think there's a possibility that maybe they get like all the way to the finals and lose to somebody. But right now, if I was betting, I'd bet them to win the whole thing. And and that's <laughs> it's it's interesting. And and this will be another I, I I wanted to say that this is like another case where we'll see how the crowd reacts. But like because it's a tournament structure, I I don't know. Do, do you like you said, can they just abandon ship? Like, will they abandon? I don't know. I don't know. And that, that's the fascinating part for me is, is you know, in ring, the Dark Order is fine. But will they get that crowd reaction? Will the crowd care about them? The crowd has not cared about them whatsoever. They have not gotten heel heat. They haven't gotten any heat. There's been nothing. They come out, they do their thing. They have okay matches, but nobody gives a shit. Will people give a shit here? I mean, they're going to be the mega heels here. The best friends are obviously going to be super big. So this is like the best situation possible for the Dark Order to go out there and get the crowd to absolutely hate them. Can they do that? I don't, they haven't done it so far. So I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated to see here because, like you said, because of the tournament structure, I think they're winning here. and. 
I would presume that they win the entire thing. I, like I said, they're my betting favorites to so probably win the entire thing. But when would you cut bait in a tournament structure? You know what I mean? Like that always kind of. Fo- well, like you, you can change. I, I, I don't think it's impossible to change course. I mean, if they go out there and don't get over again, let's say the plan was for them to win the tournament. And they go out there in this match and they don't get over again and they win. You've got plenty of tag teams you could pivot to if you sit, you know, in a meeting and say, look, this is not working. We got to do something else. You can turn to Young Bucks or Lucha Bros or, or you know, even if you don't want to turn to best friends because they're in this feud. You know, uh, I, I wouldn't personally do it yet. But yeah, Private Party, they'd be more of a long term plan for me. Mm-hmm. I definitely wouldn't belt them up yet. Um, you know, so there's other directions you could go if you felt like this was still wasn't working. How many matches are, would you then decide, OK, this isn't working? Rich, like, I would give it up on them already. I'm with you. I would have as well. So I'm probably not the best. I, I would have given up on them already. I I don't think it's going to happen. And I think it's goofy and I think it's silly. And I, I don't like anything about it. And it's not over. I would have given up already. So, so if they shit the bed, then there's no doubt in your mind then that, that it needs to be done, right? I, I, if it were me, if you're, you're asking me if it was me, if it were me, they wouldn't be on this show and I, they'd go away for six months and I'd already have them repackaged. That's how that's how bad I think it is, because I think they're talented guys. We've seen them over the years have great matches and, and we've seen them over the years be over in different places. I don't think it's them. I think it's this gimmick. And it just isn't working in a promotion where the fans want every want to like everything. Right. And that's where I think I would have been the most. And that's why I probably would be with you as well. And that like, oh, man, like because <laughs> this company, like anything, these guys do, people want to and, and people will take this as a negative. It's not a negative. Like the crowd has buy in. Like, that's good. You want the crowd to be invested in yes. what you do. You want crowds to enjoy your product as opposed to hate your product. That's kind of the point uh, with, you know, with 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 doing uh, an entertainment medium or whatever. But this is like you said. It's it's a quote unquote easy crowd. They want to go there to be entertained. They want to go there to cheer. They want to go there to do and and follow your stories and get invested in your stories or whatever. And the, the fact that these guys are crickets, nothing, no heat, no booze, no cheers, no irony cheers, no nothing, nothing. These guys come out to crickets, and that is 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 the most telling is that there's just nothing coming from them. And and this this is the match where like and and this is the reason why I think that this is the one where where I would say okay. This either works or it doesn't work is because you were against the best friends. I mean, they're one of the best babyface teams in the world. They were going to get huge cheers. They're going to go for hugs. They're going to do their fun little tag team moves. They're going to do everything they can to get the crowd on their side. And if the Dark Order doesn't get genuine heel heat, if the crowd doesn't want to see those guys get beat, then it's over and it's done. And it's never going to click, yeah. especially in Chicago. In this audience, I mean, Chicago's an easy audience anyway, in AEW, at All Out, against the best friend. And this is everything. And if they blow it here, it's over. I agree. And that's why I want them to blow it here, because I want to see what the company does. I move on here. Uh, Lucha Brothers here. We got Pentagon and Ray Phoenix, of course, uh, versus the Young Bucks, Joey. First time match, I believe, uh, between these two teams. I'm not going to look it up. I'm just going to trust that it's the first time these guys uh, have ever faced each other. Uh, We got a ladder match for the World Tag Team Titles, the AAA, AAA World Tag Team Titles, not the AEW World Tag Team Titles. That's a tournament. Can't win those yet. Uh, Lucha Brothers, Young Bucks. I mean, it's going to be bonkers. It's a ladder match. It's going to be great. And it's going to be crowd-pleasing, and it's going to be, you know, wildly uh, entertaining and over with the crowd and all that. So, um, you know, what else you want me to say? I don't listen to any of other 15 uh, previews of the Lucha Brothers Young Bucks. There'll be super kicks. Uh, Pentagon will take his mess or his, his, his gloves off. 
Phoenix will bounce on the ropes a few times. The Bucks will throw some super kicks. There'll be some Canadian destroyers. I'll I mean, say this. It, this has to be it. If this is not it, then... God, please. It you know, be. this has it's to be, gotta it. be No, it has We've got to move on. on from here with both of these teams. Both yeah. of them need to do something more interesting. All right, let's move on then. So <laughs> I've done yeah, anything else to say about that match. I mean, what, what else do you say? Like, you no, said, I, okay. yeah, we've said it a million times. All right, let's move on to a match that I am highly anticipating. That's the one I kind of previewed a little bit before. Where a year ago, if you told me, Joe <laughs> Rich, there's gonna be Cody versus Ty Dillinger on AEW All Out. Were you are you gonna be excited about it? I would have told you that's really weird, but no, nah, not really. But Joe Cody versus Sean Spears, I'm all fucking out on this match. This match has been awesome built, they've gotten so much traction. Exactly what we said is when if if Spears hits Cody with that chair shot, the much maligned chair shot, and Cody gets busted open, and that's the last they ever talk about it, and they never show it again or whatever, that it was a complete waste. They have shown you this chair shot and talked about this chair shot every minute of every second that they have had. You've got Brandy out there talking about it. you got Cody talking about it. you got Sean Spears talking about it. You have Tully Blanchard, who's going to be seconding Sean Spears talking about it. They have gotten so much traction out of this chair shot, and this is how you use danger in pro wrestling, is you make the most out of it. You say, okay, look, this didn't go exactly how we wanted or whatever, but here's our hook. Here we go. This is old school pressing at its best, and I can't wait to see this match here because you have Sean Spears, Ty Dillinger versus Cody. And I think one thing before I kind of get your thoughts on this, I've seen a lot of people say this, and, and not, not many people that are worth our you know our time, but we still read every opinion that you know that, that it's out there. But I've heard a lot of people say, oh, hey, they think Sean Spears is a star. Like, look at that company. Like, kind of to make fun of them. Oh, they think Sean Spears is a company. And I wrote this in the preview for uh, for all that that I did uh, on the website, voicewrestling.com as well, is that there are times in history where you would have said all of the biggest stars in wrestling Oh, that guy, how stunning Steve Austin's gonna win the King of the Ring. Like, oh, Vinny Vegas is gonna win the title and, and against Bob Back. Like, you can say that for guys all throughout history. And no, I'm not comparing Sean Spears to Stone Cold Steve Austin. No, I'm not comparing Sean Spears to even Diesel or Kevin Nash. I don't know if he's gonna reach those highs, but it doesn't matter what they did in other companies. It didn't matter what they used to be, it's what they are now. And all the story, I think they've done a tremendous job with Sean Spears of making him a star. And this is what that angle is about. The angle is about Sean Spears coming into this company and everybody saying, oh, yeah, good little hand. Yeah, oh, yeah, Ty Dillinger. Yeah, he's a good little roster guy. And him saying, fuck that. No, I'm not a good roster guy. I'm not just another guy on the roster. I'm a fucking star. And that's it. That's all it is. And I'm invested in that story. That's an awesome story for me is a guy proving that people say that he's one thing and he thinks he's a bigger deal than that. And if he goes out here and beats Cody, which I think he will, and I hope he does, then he's a star because he's told you he's a star and then he beat their biggest star. He'll be a star. Yeah. Like, it's not that hard. It's pro wrestling 101. It's like, guy thinks he's a star. People say he's not a star. He proves he's a star. Like, he will. I, I, I don't buy this thing. Oh, it's time. Don't. Nobody's going to care. It doesn't matter what you were before. It doesn't matter that you were 10 guy a year and a half ago if you do a good job with what you have now. Like you said, the Chris Jericho thing. Oh, you can't give the title to Chris Jericho because he used to be in. Who fucking cares? He's your guy now. He's signed now. It's what you do with guys. It's not what they used to be. Nobody will remember Ty Dillinger if Sean Spears goes out here and has a kick ass match with Cody wins this match and and has a three-year run you know near the top or upper card or whatever of eight nobody will ever remember ty dillinger again or well, it'll be a footnote in history of oh geez that guy was nothing here and now look what he is over here it's so, irrelevant so it's, the idea that like well you can't push him because he was a thing somewhere else i mean how many wrestling stars would have been stalled if you couldn't yeah. push them because they were this somewhere else or they were that guy somewhere else it's it's a really bad and ignorant take clearly rooted in bias I mean that that's that's all there is to it, and you laid out all of the reasons why it's 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 patently absurd. Um, they did more to get Sean Spears over with that one chair shot 
than WWE did in the 10 years collectively that he was there with his two runs or whatever it was. He was basically there for like 12 years or whatever. We always talk about it. And partially it was because they weren't interested in attempting to get him over. Even the 10 gimmick, which at least had him over with with the full sale crowd, which admittedly is an easy crowd, was his idea and something that he had to convince them he wanted to do. And they were like, well, yeah, go ahead, because they didn't really care what he did. Um, You know, so it's like they've gotten him over that. That's that with this stuff. And you don't think that this is an effective build or that this guy has been effective in his role. Then I, I, I don't know, man. I don't know what to tell you because it all has worked. And, and it's been the, the Tully Blanchard stuff, you know, working that in with the roads uh, history and everything. And it's what we always talk about. The stuff with Cody's fingerprints in this company is the best stuff that they, they have going on every show. Absolutely. And it really makes you wish that Cody was running everything. And right now it's still this collective and they're all playing nice together. And who knows if that'll last? I think that's the best behind the scenes storyline to follow is who starts to gain more power, who starts to lose power, who starts to gain favor among the group and who starts to lose favor in the back. And that's something to keep an eye on because it's all fucking fun and games right now until NXT is beating you by 700,000 viewers a week. Okay. Um, so that's not an official prediction, by the way. Please don't run to Reddit with that. Yeah, I know. You got it. You got to preface it. It won't matter if you said that anyway. People grab that part of it and go yeah. with it and nobody will listen and everybody will just freak out. So, Right. But I mean, you know, so it's like, to me, Cody's stuff has been the most interesting and, and, and the stuff that at least I've been most interested in sinking my teeth into. And they've done a masterful job with Spears leveraging your perception that perception you're talking about that people have of spears they've leveraged that exactly the that's the story and that's like people that don't get that is like oh ty dillon like that's what the story is that ty dillon is going to prove you all wrong that you all think that he's a yes. good hand cody thinks oh yeah good roster member and sean spears is going no 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 no, i didn't come they're here even they're even acknowledging that they know you think these things right. about him and they're <laughs> leveraging that into the story as part of, which again is brilliant and smart and creative and fun so, uh, no, I'm with you. I am, I am, I am very invested in this. I am very curious where it goes. The, I think that this is going to be a feud that will carry both of these guys at least through the end of the year. So I don't think you're going to get any kind of resolution here or any kind of blow off, not even close. This is something I think that they have a long-term plan for and uh, settle in because I do think that Cody versus Spears is going to be one of the uh, programs that takes the company through the end of the year. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And and um, some of the builds of this has been about Cody's second, like who comes out with Cody. Do you have any any kind of thoughts on that? I feel like it's probably just going to be Dustin, right? But they've 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 kept it kind of close to the vest to the point where I I don't I don't know, but I don't know who else it could really be because they played so much Spears and and him, you know, having Blanchard be his manager and his second or whatever, his advisor, whatever they want to say, and playing up the Rhodes feud and playing up that sort of stuff that it just kind of has to be Dustin, right? Well, if it is, we're going to get that turn that I'm waiting for. Uh, that's that's I I, I I incorrectly predicted it last time, but this is an interesting one, too, where, you know, Cody says, oh, you you got your guy. Well, I got my backup and it's my brother. And like, 
Doesn't that seem like that would work again? Like, I'm going to call it until it happens and say I was right when it does happen. But it feels like, you know, it feels like this could happen. And, and like you said, you're trying to find new ways to kind of or, or ways to kind of lengthen this feud and keep it going. I mean, that's one perfect way to do it is that, you know, Sean Spears wins because, you know, Cody's brother turns on him. Like, I think that's that's an interesting way to go about it as well. Yeah. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. I, I honestly don't want to think too hard about it. I just I, I want to enjoy it and watch it play out. Yeah, it'll be fun regardless. You think Spears is uh, is winning though? I mean, I think that's probably the only way you could really go. Yeah, I think I think I think he has to win. Yeah, you can't and say he's then, a good hand and then beat him, and that's just like, oh, <laughs> okay. Oh, right. So so Cody was right, right? You can't, <laughs> right. Yeah, you go. All right. Too, like ultimately, that could be the outcome at the end of the feud, but you can't do that now. And I think Cody, like Omega, can can lose. It doesn't matter. He's so super over. He's the most over guy on the roster. So I I and 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 I think that. You know, it, beating him, there's zero danger in that, and it's very similar to the Pac thing. There's a lot of danger. You can really cool off Spears tremendously mm-hmm. if you beat him. Right. You, so you're trying to build Spears into something here, and 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 build a long-term feud. He's got to win the first one, so I think it's a pretty safe bet. All right, we have the Cracker Barrel Clash: Darby Allen, Joey Janela, Jimmy Havoc. Uh, Joe, I have one question for you: Who is going to be in a barrel, and who is going to take the most ridiculous fall? while in the barrel out of these three men. All right. So I don't even know anything about this stipulation. What is, what does this mean? I don't, am I, I going to hate I this? I think it's just a spot. I think it's just a sponsored thing. I don't know. I don't know what else is going on. I'll be honest. I don't know uh, what the rules of the cracker barrel clash are. Let me see if I can clarify that. I think they're just, I think cracker barrels just sponsoring it. So they'll just be like barrels in the corner. So, okay. I, yeah, I don't care for, have no use for that, but I mean, if this is just some three-way match, these are just a bunch of guys who they cram on every show who they're just um, letting you know or are, are, are there and around and, and everything until they're not doing anything meaningful with any of these guys yet. There's going to come a time where they do something meaningful with Joey Janela. There's going to be a time where I think Darby Allen's going to get a legitimate push. And, um, you know, say, I think, you know, and, and the havoc will be involved in, in, you know, hardcore slash blood feuds. Um, you know, in his time, I don't think he's someone who's ever going to get pushed to the top like the other two. But you're just going to have to be patient. If you're a Darby Allen fan, you're you're going to have to be patient. It's not going to happen tomorrow. Um, same thing with Janela. You know, I think eventually those guys will get pushed. You're just going to have to wait for it. Uh, so as far as I can tell, it's just a triple threat match. It's just called the, the Cracker Real Clash. I don't I don't see anything that makes this uh, any. So yeah, it's just a triple threat match. And they just got. I'm sure there'll be a barrel out there, and like I said, Darby Allen will roll around in a barrel and take some huge, horrendous bump for no, like a great Sasuke-esque bump from some high place while in a barrel. So it's a match that I could really end up really hating. Yeah, it. I don't love it, and I like, I like aspects of all three guys. Like, I really like Darby Allen. Darby Allen's one of my favorite characters in wrestling. Joey Janelle, I love. Jimmy Havoc. You know, sometimes I like, sometimes I don't. But I, I feel like I'm not gonna like this match. I feel like it's gonna get a little too plundery and a little bit just kind of. I don't know. It, it's we're talking about the stuff. I mean, what, what's interesting about this show is the stuff that you and I love to talk about, like Cody and Spears. We just got deep into that. Yeah. It's like story based stuff. Like for all that people say of like, oh, those guys just like like New Japan, like Will Ospreay doing fifteen flips, and they're like, no, I like stories. Like, and there's nothing to yeah. this match. It's just like here's three guys, and they've built a little bit of a story with this. But in the end, it's just gonna be three guys hitting each other with shit, and that'll be fun. It'll be good fun, but like. It's not the stuff that I can really sink my teeth into. Or it'll be, about. or it'll be just goofy and stupid. Right. It and, could go one of either two ways, and and that's right. fine. Like I, you know, I like both aspects of either a goofy, stupid match or like just a stupid, violent match. But it's just like I don't know. I, I don't. 
I don't see myself all that invested in it. I don't see myself really caring that much. It seems like a match that I'll 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 be happy it's on, but then ready it's for it to be over to move on to whatever's next. Yeah. Oh, we got Riho versus Hikiro Shida. Uh one-on-one women's match. They can do it, Joe. They can do That's one-on-one women's matches. My one and only comment. I'm happy that we're getting a singles match. So I think this is the best way to really put a spotlight on a couple of wrestlers who I think have really just blended in and haven't had a chance to stand out. Uh, we saw the setup for this on one of the, I forget which show it was, but we saw the setup for this match. And now they'll go out there and have a singles match. And, you know, this is where you get your opportunities as a performer to get over with a new audience. So I'm excited to sit back as somebody who knew nothing about either one of these people before they came to AEW. And, um, and I'm excited to sit back and just watch a match like this and see if they can get over with me, you know, and see if they can get over with the crowd. So um, just happy it's not another, you know, six six man tag or tag team match. Right. And we're getting a singles match. Yeah, I'm the same way as you. It's just, I'm just excited to see uh, what these two can do in, in that environment by themselves in just a singles match. And, and, and I'm, you know, we've said it every time we've talked about AEW, but I really do think the Joshi talent is going to be what can can be kind of the WCW cruiserweights of AEW, a thing that nobody else is doing, nobody else is really harnessing in America all that well, and it'd be a great opportunity for them to go out there and make that important. And this, these are two you know, great women to do that, and, and I think all about placement and all about how they work. And, and, and yeah, it has all the makings to be really good and a standout match and one that people talk about. I, I hope it does, because I think that is a huge coup uh, for AEW to, to to really push that Joshi talent and 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 this sort of stuff that they've done with the, I, I like a lot better than the stuff they've done with kind of the the American women the Brandy Rhodes sort of stuff which yeah. has kind of been eye rolly uh, the, the the stuff with the, with the Joshi have been really fun so far so I'm really excited to see this just be another potentially good match and one that's a real good showcase for these two and with with uh, most likely Hiroshida becoming kind of the the ace of that division or whatnot which is a great opportunity because she's got kind of an aura about her as well so. We'll see. I'll be honest. I haven't been wildly impressed with the Josie so far, but you know, it's been tags and stuff. So, you know, this, this is a good opportunity. All right. So you got Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt versus SoCal Uncensored. So, you know, SoCal Uncensored is super over and so is the other team. So I think this will be a really fun dynamic. And obviously, you know, it seems to me, you know, Marco Stunt's taking the fall. I mean, he's the Bushi of the, of the unit. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. And, you know, that's why he's there to to eat the falls. And, and you know, I obviously don't have a problem with that. And, um, you know, it's, it's a little prelim match with two acts that are very over. So, you know, it's like, what do you want me to say? I can't complain exactly, about right. it. This is going to be the opener. It's going to be the opener. Everyone's going to go, I see you. And then yeah, Luke Storr is going to come in. And, and they're going to yeah. go nuts. And Jungle Boy is going to be on his shoulders and do something cool. And then Marco Stunt's going to be on his shoulders and do something cool. And it'll be 10 minutes. And everybody will go, yay, when it's over. And then it's over. Nice little, <laughs> nice little match. Nice little matchup. Uh, then we have two pre-show matches here. We got Private Party versus Angelico and Jack Evans. This is a straight tag team match, as far as I can tell. No tournament uh, ramifications for this one. Uh, but uh, to me, no doubt in my mind, Private Party have to win this one. Yeah, um, Angelico and Jack Evans aren't there to be pushed or anything like that. No, they can lose and, every time out, and it won't matter ever. Yeah, so. the other team is there to be pushed. So, yeah, they should absolutely win that, especially since they lost their first match. So. 
Uh, and then we got a 21-woman casino battle royal. The winner will receive a, uh, a shot at the AEW Women's Championship on the October 2nd uh, AEW on TNT broadcast. So far, what we have is we have Nyla Rose, Britt Baker, Allie, Brandi Rhodes, Teal Piper, Ivelisse, Jazz, Big Swole, Sadie Gibbs, Awesome Kong, Shazza McKenzie, and 10 other opponents to be announced. I don't know who the hell they're going to take <laughs> yeah, out that's, of the... That's just, this is my question here, and this is like my... Like in one breath, it's like this is kind of one of the re- the reasons why I haven't really liked the women's because it's just like, hey, let's throw them all in a battle royal. But the problem with that is like if you throw them all in a battle royal, you can't just have like eight people in a battle. So I don't know who ten. Like what ten people are they gonna find? Like that's fascinating to me. I can't wait to see who comes through there. Yeah, and it's it's you're talking about the women's talent pool, which is far more shallow than the men's talent pool, where you're just going to find 10 more people. You're at jazz. You're, and, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're reaching jazz. Did you see jazz, by the way, did you see jazz and like, you know, the Jake Roberts videos that they're doing where he's like a blackjack dealer. Have you watched any I of them? I don't think I have. Now? What the hell are you talking you, about? <laughs> okay. So, all right, good. I'm glad. Listen, you got to go watch who knows which of the 19 different YouTube channels you need to go to because that's a problem. This is a good example of why that's a problem. I don't know where to tell Rich to go okay. to watch these, but you'll find them. Okay. The way they introduce the people in this battle royal is they have Jake Roberts as a blackjack dealer, right? And he turns over the card and then the, the, the woman is sitting there and then, and it's like, that's how they've been introducing each, each woman in the battle royal. Ooh, I'm watching it right now. Jazz. Wait till you see Jazz. I mean, fuck. She's I mean, winning this she thing. Just, I want her winning. You just <laughs> saw, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh my god, that mask. The yeah, that's she's the winning whole the whole look, thing. She looks yoked. I mean, it's fucking crazy. She should win the battle royal, and then just like beat up Rihu and Sheeta during their match, and just claim the title to be hers and challenge anyone holy to shit, take that it. Mask is that's awesome. how. <laughs> yeah, holy crap. That's how excited I am about jazz. After well, I, I feel bad. I didn't mean snip. to slight jazz. I thought jazz was like the, Hey, let's get jazz out there. So I didn't see that video. Holy crap. I'm in. Well, this, this, you know, this also explains why jazz mysteriously vacated the end. <laughs> what, what, what? How are these so, still related? So, are you sure? <laughs> you know, so that we kind of have our answer there. Um, but, um, yeah, she just looks like the fucking business in that video. And um, I thought that was very well done, the stuff with Jake Roberts. Deal- Rich, so that means you missed the whole controversy where that one guy was like, uh, he somebody complained. I'm, I'm very glad Jake I missed Roberts- whatever this is. So, yeah, go ahead. No, listen. This oh, is, is this, this is smoking? So oh, this is the Nick House yes. and the smoking thing. I did see that. Okay. They, the guy complained that Jake Roberts was smoking in the video and that AEW was promoting smoking. This is what we've come to, Rich. <laughs> All the things that Jake Roberts has inserted into his body. I don't worry about I, him. I don't. Smoking a cigarette in these videos. And these videos couldn't be any cool. Yeah, that, that's I mean, badass. That's yeah, that's fucking cool. They're yeah. so cool. It's like, you know, it, it, they made everybody look like a million bucks. And Jake Roberts is fucking awesome in them. You know, with his old, you got 21, well, I got 22. Which makes no sense because that means you just busted. But it doesn't <laughs> right. matter because but people are still Jake excited. Roberts. Yeah, it's Jake Roberts. You know what I mean? Like, right. Like that's a classic Jake, Jake Roberts, Roberts could read the phone book to never you. Made you'd be sense, very excited about it, like because he's awesome. And you'd be like, "Wow, that's that's deep, dude." You know, it doesn't matter what he says. You know, so um, yeah, those videos rule, and I can't Damn, believe you hadn't yeah, seen I'm them sorry. already. That's I, I did. I did hear the controversy, but I guess I didn't know what the controversy was about. So fuck yeah, that, those are awesome. All right, so Jazz is winning, and she's you winning. You probably scrolled right past it like a, like a. Oh, man. 
I'm watching it again here. Jazz rules. Okay, so Jazz wins the Battle Royal. She beats everybody. (laughs) She goes out there and kills Rio and and Sheeta after their match. Yeah, She just takes the title. They have the title out there. She just takes it, runs away with it. She just takes the title. She says, it's mine, and I challenge anyone to take it from me. (laughs) Right, yeah. She doesn't have to win it in a match. She just fucking beats everybody up and takes it. I love it, yes. I am so into Jazz after seeing that. But um, God, the bald head rules. Man, that looks... Can we shit on this yeah, for a minute yeah. now, though, after we've praised it? Yeah, all? go ahead. Now we can shit on it. Yeah, okay. Go I ahead. am so tired of these battle royals. I'm sick <laughs> of the battle they're royals. Trash. They're trash. They're garbage. It's become their thing. And I really thought it was just going to be for the for, um When did they do the first one? Double or nothing? All in, they, they did the first one. Yeah, all, all in, in they right, did. Right. Well, if you want to go back to all in, yeah, that, that would be that first one. I get confused with all of the fucking gambling verbiage that they insist on using. But it's like, I thought it was just going to be a one time thing, but it's become their thing to have these battle royals and um i don't know man battle royals are very 1988 they're never good and i kind of hope wish they would get away with them especially since they're using them to determine titles i don't like that but um but we'll see who they fill it out with uh you know i'm real worried that they're gonna find competent talent but again it's just a battle royal anyway so you could have people come in and just get tossed out i guess it doesn't really matter yeah, to me, it's just kind of like, it's just lazy. You know what I mean? It's like, well, you know, we, we talk about the things that haven't worked in this company. And one of them is, is you know, obviously the Dark Order. And another part is kind of the the women's division. It's just not clicked. It just hasn't really felt. And th- and this, to me, it doesn't help. You, you know, just to kind of be like, all right, here's all the women. They're in a battle royale. There we go. Like, it's just, it, it, to me, it comes across lazy. It comes across like you just want to book everybody on the show. And, and, and for everything they do, how carefully they craft a lot of the stuff in this company. There's also stuff like this where it's just like, oh, that's really like, you're just not doing, you don't care. Like, you're just out there, you're just throwing guys out. It's a battle royal. Like, there'll be a few good pops, but it, it, it ultimately, it just kind of makes everybody feel like they're kind of on one level. They don't feel like, no, nobody feels like stars. Even the people that win that match, even the people that win a battle royal just kind of feel like people. You, you know, they just feel like roster members. And that's, that's an issue. And like you said, it, it, it speaks to what we've seen in AEW so far where some things are done really well potentially by some people some people are done you know some things are, are done by other people like this is like the weird thing that you're going to say like what who's going to win out in this thing because like you have the joshi would feel like they've been kind of booked a certain way and then you have the american women which have been booked a certain way and then you have you know your main event stuff and then you have your young buck stuff and then you have your kid like it, it's that's going to be the question for me and then really the interesting thing after all out too is like okay what's kind of the difference of these guys afterwards you know wh- where do we see the the lines drawn who gets more influence and stuff and then i'd love to see how that kind of plays out in the women's division as well because it does feel like they're two completely different women's divisions between the joshi and 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 you know kind of the american or, or north american women so far yeah well i mean it could also be a thing where six months from now we look back and say well everything before the tv was kind of a holding pattern and you know it might make sense then and everything might come together with their, you know, when they crown a champion and everything. So, so who knows? But um, I'm just tired of these battle royals. I don't know. I don't know. All right. And that is all out. Of course, as we said, we have a preview up at voicesofwrestling.com. We'll have a review as well. And then uh, possibly an instant reaction show on uh, patreon.com slash voice wrestling. Uh, I will most likely be there, Joe. Well, yeah, maybe we'll see. We'll see how Joe goes. But, uh, Patreon.com. Was, it's awkward. I was never invited. And now I just don't feel comfortable, to be completely honest. Because if I come to your little fucking reaction show, okay, I'm going to feel like you don't really want me there. So, in fact, I wouldn't be shocked if you have somebody else booked for it already. To Ooh, be completely I don't honest. Know. Depends who's in the house. I got and some people in the house. So we'll see. That's true. You're. That's right. I, oh, wait a minute. Like, the whole fucking staff's going to be in your house Not watching. The whole, there's like a few people. All the, lo- all the losers. I, I just said you should come to Chicago. Okay, that's true. 
<laughs> you were booked at Vegas. You're, you're a busy that, man. Yeah, that's true. I thought the staff that's coming to Chicago was physically going to the show. Are they gonna? Yeah. Well, no. The, like the the few losers that couldn't buy tickets are gonna watch it with me. But oh, okay. Yeah. This is a whole thing that I wasn't invited to. Okay, I got right, it. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I understand. <laughs> I should get on a fucking plane just to spite you. You should. I'd and, love it. I would love to love watch Joe Lanza take Chicago. I would love to take Chicago. There was a lot of gang activity back in the day in Chicago. I'm there into was. that stuff. Al yeah. Capone. I'll go down to Cicero and hit all those famous uh, <laughs> most uh, of them are right. spots, right? Yeah, most of them are gone now. But yeah, you can still you can still do some work in Cicero if you want. So, really, uh, Cicero's not controlled by the Italians anymore. Well, well, <laughs> yeah. Interestingly enough, while the population is mostly uh, Latino, the uh, yeah, if you look at the board and the mayor and all that sort of stuff, still pretty heavily Italian. Italian. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the Italians are still running Cicero, yeah, still huh? Run it. They don't live there, but they run it somehow. It's, uh... Ah, the Paisans. I like it. <laughs> That's the way things should be. It's classic Cicero. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, you can go. There's some different spots. There's, you know, bullet holes in a church, you know, in the, in the city if you want to go there. You know, St. Valentine's Day Massacre. It's like a, you know, yeah. a parking lot now, but you can you can stand there and point to it and tell the lovely Brittany. Yeah, that's from the same Valentine's Day Massacre. So, yeah, you know, good stuff. There goes some of the old hangs. Some of the old bars are still there. You know, Capone's haunts are still hanging around. So anyway, that's that. That's AW All Out. Uh, Joe, want to move on to uh, New Japan. We got the Royal Quest show coming up uh, this weekend as well because, yes, there needs to be even more wrestling on this weekend. And that only scratches the surface. We're only at halfway of the matches. We got two big things going on here. We got, well, I guess, should we do Summer Sizzler first? Because that's chronologically that would be our first show the rep pro summer yeah sizzler. I think let's, we let's do, do that we should do the summer sizzler first i agree all right let's do that so we got rep pros summer sizzler and now uh, i'm gonna let you kind of take the lead on this because you have been mr rev pro the last week catching up watching all the old rev pro how far did you go back and would you would you what would you would you watch this week because you were uh you're like sending match recommendations from shit from like march and stuff like what where you got all in on rev pro well i i mean i watch the i follow the promotion but like Nearly every promotion I follow, I fell behind, but I wanted to catch up before Summer Sizzler and before we talk about Summer Sizzler because I can't come in here with takes from March. So I had to watch. I, I've, I've, I'm almost caught up. I have like three shows left, but I got enough of a feel for it and then talked to enough people to fill in the gaps to where we can competently preview this show. So, um, so yeah, I mean, this is a promotion that I regularly watch, though. It's just I'm always way behind. All right. So as far as the card itself, do you want to uh, you want to start from the top and work our way down, or you want to go like, do you have takes on every single match here? Do we need to do every single match? Uh, yeah, listen, let's go through the card. I'm not going to give it. you 20 minutes on each one, but we can. Yeah, let's review the fucking. Oh, let's do let's it. Review I, the fucking thing. I won't lie. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a little bit behind on on Rev Pro myself, so I can't uh, give as many. But that'll be interesting. You can kind of I'll lead you through it. You can kind of tell me what to expect with this match, and and we'll talk about some of the big names uh, that are on the show. But we'll start out with a singles match: Gabriel Kidd and Sean Jackson. So RevPro has these contenders, right, they call it, which are very blatantly modeled after the New Japan Young Lions. They come out in black tights and black boots, and they come out to the same theme. Like, they, they play this, the same theme song uh, for both guys or both teams when they come out for these uh, contender matches. And Gabriel Kidd is one of the ones that uh, they very clearly like and are very clearly high on. So that's what I would watch for here. Gabriel Kidd is a guy. He works nearly every show, and uh, he seems to be the uh, member of the contenders division that they seem to be the highest on. All right, so we'll move on here. I, real uh, Breaking news uh, real quickly, though, if you want to. Uh, we talked about it last week, the uh, Jim Lynham uh, tournament going on AAW. Yeah. Uh, Fatu 
Yes. Didn't show up. Holy shit. Fatu no showed AA dub. As far as we know, the, 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 it's still going on, uh, the show. So I don't know if he's going to be like a surprise or something like that. But uh, reports from the show is that Fatu not there. So uh, he was my pick to win the whole thing. <laughs> and I think a pretty popular pick. So I think he may have been the Booker's pick. Yeah. To win the so whole thing. this is not No, good. that's going to be an interesting story uh, to follow this weekend then. So. Okay, so we should say this is happening as we record. Right, this might get updated. I might be wrong. This is 8.43 on a Thursday night. So there you go. And we're not accusing the guy of anything. He may have fucking, might not be out Right, of we're not saying that he's sitting there going, ha, ha, ha. And, you know, Court Bauer right. slapping him on the back and saying, yeah, we'll show those guys. I have no right. idea. His flight might have gotten missed. He might have had a family emergency. I don't know. I'm just saying Fatu did not show up at AEW. Not to... He's not in Cicero. Right. That's not Cicero. <laughs> They're in Chicago. They've run Cicero before. So. Okay. Mostly Berwin. Mostly Berwin. Adjacent to Cicero. Do you know anything about Berwin? Berwin? Just yeah. the Eagles Club, baby. Yeah, you know, yeah. You see, you got a couple. Well, they don't do shows at the Eagles Club anymore. You missed that out. That, that's the Cork and Hall. You know, there's these famous venues in wrestling history. Uh, the Berwin Eagles Club was certainly one of those. Uh, wood paneling walls, like a literal bingo hall. Like, you know what I mean? When people make the joke yeah. about bingo halls and it's never actually a bingo hall, that one was literally a bingo hall. You could, like, see the numbers on the top of the roof or whatever, which I always found pretty ironic. I'm like, oh, this is literally a bingo hall. <laughs> like, that's incredible. So. I think we've all seen shows on tape from the Eagles Club, but you've been privileged enough to to be in it's the great. Eagles. Yeah, you always feel like if there's a fire, everyone's going to die. Uh, there's probably right. always oh, oh, a fire yeah. code violation yeah. uh, going on there. It's always like 10,000 degrees in there. Yeah. Um, Didn't she, they she, kick wrestling out, though? They did, yeah. Or they still do like shady, like Lucha. I think they, they basically wanted like a lot of stuff to happen to run shows there. And like uh, uh, most of the companies were like, yeah, no, we're okay. Like you had to rent their ring and follow their rules and all this sort of stuff. And these other companies were like, no, nah, we're, we're good, dude. <laughs> like we don't need, you know, we don't need that shit. So unfortunately, yeah, the Eagles Club is, is they don't run there anymore. So yeah. Alas. All right. So we got Rob Leas, I believe is how you pronounce it. Elias Leas uh, versus TK Cooper. Okay, so this is just an undercard prelim match. And I got to say, TK Cooper put out that great – did you ever see that self-produced video he yes. made? Yes. Oh, that was so good. Yeah, yeah, that was really yeah, good. Yeah, he went over to split with Travis Banks, and then the whole uh, – uh, how his tag team fell apart, and, uh, how three became two became one. and all. I thought that was tremendous, you know, and, and but he really hasn't been able to gain much footing Rev Pro this year. And uh, he hasn't been able to move up the card. A lot of times he's in like four-way matches or prelim matches like this. And TK Cooper is still a guy that I am extremely high on. I just think he's had a rough go. I think things in his personal life obviously have affected uh, some of the places that he's been booked. But uh, it just, he hasn't found sort of his lot in life in RevPro and Maybe the back end of the year, he'll gain a little momentum. Maybe something will happen coming off of this match, but I doubt it. But he's a guy who I have not given up on. I think at this point, it's just he, he needs the right opportunity. And he hasn't had those opportunities since, um, really, it looked like this guy was on a trajectory to be a major star. Remember? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Two, three years ago, we were saying this is the guy. Like, this is a superstar at this time. You know, this, you know, a few years where we're talking about him as like one of the biggest guys in wrestling. And it just it, for a multitude of personal and in-ring and injury reasons, it hasn't yeah. quite worked out. But yeah, yeah, he's still he's still like crazy young, too, right? He's still like a baby, if I remember correctly. Oh, yeah, he's yeah. very young. He Remember, he broke his leg on the Heat Gate show. And it was kind of all 26, down- He's 26 right now, so. Yeah, and it was all downhill from there you know when when the personal relationship with dahlia black fell apart and there's all kinds of if you really want to dig into that you can get into some drama when it comes to that whole situation uh you know with the with the uk scene and then uh 
you know, it, it, he's been on his own and he's changed his look. He doesn't wrestle in the fucking overalls anymore. He just wrestles. In, he's tried to reimage himself and it just hasn't caught on yet. But the talent is obviously still there. So. All right. Elsewhere on this card, I wish you mentioned as well is going on the 30th. Uh, so they just let you know from your call, uh, Rep Pro. Uh, CCK, Chris Brooks and Jonathan Gresham versus Don um, Dan Maloney and BK McKinnon. MK McKinnon. MK BK McKinnon. McKinnon. MK McKinnon. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, the one thing about Rev Pro is they've got a really, really deep tag division and they've really focused on it over the course of the year. Remember, I just watched like six or seven of these shows in the last three days. So I've gotten an up close look at it. And uh, these are two of those teams. And Brooks, uh, you know, has been working as a heel for the most part this year. And in a lot of his singles matches, he's had the uh, the now retired uh, kid, uh, uh, Lycos, uh, you know, like running interference for him and those sorts of things. But when Gresham's around, which, you know, Gresham has a busy schedule, this tag team is still a thing. And then, you know, Dan Maloney, who people may have seen on NXT UK a couple times as a prelim guy and MK McKinnon. So this is just, look, this isn't any kind of, this is just a, an undercard prelim match. And, and and maybe Brooks, I expect, you know, Brooks and Gresham are going to win the match and maybe from sure. there. Uh, but right now the problem is the tag team, and this is a good transition to the next match, the tag titles, uh, Aussie Open, their tag champions, it's, it's been tied up in this tournament, which is coming to a conclusion on this show. Uh, they beat Suzuki and Sabre for the titles back in, I want to say, uh, uh, May. Aussie Open did. And, you know, so the tag titles have been wrapped up in uh, in this tournament with Aussie Open getting to the finals of this thing. And they're facing their arch rivals this year of Josh Bodum and Shaw Samuels. And the winners of that match, the Road to Royal Quest Tag Team Tournament, are facing uh, um, for the IWGP Tag Team titles the next night. Is it the next night at Royal Quest? Um, let me see if they've officially... Uh... <sighs> yes, yeah. So they're going to face Girls of Destiny. Uh, so whoever wins, yeah, whoever wins that Rep Pro Tournament uh, will face the Girls of Destiny. And it's going uh, to be uh, Aussie Open. Right, I, right, right. They're going to win the match. They've been feuding with Bodum and Samuels. Now, Bodum and Samuels, Rich, if you remember... When we talk, the last time we talked about Rev Pro was probably in February, right, or something like that. Early in the year, we talked about Rev Pro, right, and did a real deep dive on it. Bodum and Samuels at that time had just been put together at the beginning of the year, and I was super high on the pairing. They were working, they were curtain jerking at the time. They were working openers. They weren't really being pushed yet. They were beating, you know, the prelim teams, but they weren't. But now they've moved all the way up the card. Okay, Shaw Samuels had a main event singles match against Minoru Suzuki a couple of months ago. Um, this tag team has been feuding with Aussie Open. They attack them. Uh, the, the the first show after Aussie Open won the titles, Bodum and Samuels attacked them when they were kind of giving their victory speech to open the next show. They kind of did that deal. And then they had a, uh, a match later that night. And Rich, this was fucking outstanding. It was, uh, it was Bodum and Samuels and their heels and their fucking dirtbag heels. And they were getting heat on Kyle Fletcher the whole match all the way through. And he made that tag to Mark Davis. This was one of the best hot tags you'll ever see. Davis came in. He runs through a clothesline from Bodum. And I mean just runs through it and ignores it. Like, fuck you, you junior scum. <laughs> your, your arm means nothing to me. And went right after Samuels. He took him out. He took Bodum out. And then somehow one of the tag team titles ended up in the ring. And because, you know, he you know out of anger, he... You know, and the fans ragging him on. He, he, you know, he destroyed Samuels with the belt and took the DQ. But it was one of those DQs that was like a good DQ where the crowd was behind it. And right, right. They wanted to see the heels get theirs. And um, 
they had another uh, championship match that I haven't seen yet because I didn't get through all of it, so I still need to watch that match. But, um, you know, so they've been feuding basically for the last three or four months, and they end up facing each other on the opposite side of this tournament final. The Bodum Samuels team, I knew it had potential. They've done a tremendous job. Uh, they get all kinds of the right kind of heat. Josh Bodum is a guy that I love. I think he is a natural heel. There's just something hateable about him. Uh, Samuels has done a great job. He's gotten into tremendous shape. And he's a guy I never liked. I never liked Josh Samuels. I love him in this dynamic, in this tag team. It's unfortunate. It, it, I'm kind of sad that they're going to lose this. I mean, I don't see any scenario where they're going to put Josh Bodum and Shaw Samuels on a uh, New Japan pay-per-view. Against I enjoy his uh, his rants on Twitter as well, where he's laying in bed. <laughs> like, what does he call those again? I forget what he he calls those, but they're uh, they're they're fascinating. I, I don't know why I enjoy them as much as I do, but uh... yeah, I, I don't remember what he what he calls them either. But uh, but but yeah, Aussie Open's going to win this. Now, as far as Aussie Open goes, they're an interesting team. Like, they're obviously very talented, and Mark Davis is a fucking hoss. I really like Davis, and he's great on the hot tag. Like I like I talked about. And Fletcher's a guy who's another person who's a, he's basically still a kid. And he's, and he's finally putting on some weight. The thing about Aussie Open is I really think their matches always feel a little bloated, a little excessive. I think they need some veteran teams to rein them in. There's very little structure to their matches. It's basically a collection of spots. And the spots look great. And, and they're very good performers. But I'd really like to see them be reined in a bit. So I'm not quite as high on them as other people are. And quite honestly, I don't think New Japan is the best environment to rein them in because the New Japan tag team style is basically the same. They Everything devolves into a tornado tag. You know what I mean? New, right. New Japan is not the place where there are structured tag team matches yeah like well thought out tag structured team tag team stories. matches with hierarchies and, and hot tags and all that sort of there's nothing it's just like they do shit chaos. <laughs> yeah do shit and and fight everywhere and who cares no nothing matters so yeah it, it is yeah, it's, and, and and i talked about this behind the paywall today on the thursday tv reviews but i think new japan is part of because new japan's so influential is part of the reason that sort of this worldwide tag team style has become just chaotic tornado tags everywhere. And, and New Japan, I think, is, is partly responsible for that because New Japan is, is so influential in the scene right now. And I, I, I really think Aussie Open, in order to take that next step as a team, is to and, – and, and I'm really not trying to come off like an old man or Jim Cornette here, but they really need to slow it down mm -hmm. and, and, and not be so bloated and excessive in the way that they – like I saw them have a match against um, – uh, Team White Wolf on a Rev Pro show, and those are totally the wrong kind of opponents. If you want them to, <laughs> right, I was gonna say, and yeah, and and it was just you know, and I'm watching it, and the match just reached a point where it's just overkill, you know. And I think the Young Bucks and the Lucha Bros and New Japan have influenced the tag team scene worldwide into becoming just it's all basically tornado tags, and I really just want to see, you know, it's like. Which is why Red Dragon winning the NXT tag teams. I know I'm all over the place here, but when Red Dragon won the tag team titles from Street Profits on NXT this week, it was such a refreshing change of pace because it was a traditional tag structure where they worked over Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins got the hot tag, and then they went to their finish, and it was just a lot of cool tag spots, and it was a it was a traditional tag team structure with modern tag team flair, if that makes any sense, right? 
And it's like, I really, you know, hope that Aussie Open will eventually learn to work a more traditional tag team style because I really do think they can be a great team. I cannot call them one now. And maybe this match, maybe Samuels and Bodum, because they're such over-the-top heels, will maybe they'll work a match here where, like they did the first time. I was going to say, these are probably good opponents for them to kind of slow it down a little bit and kind of calm down a, a bit. Because the first match I talked about earlier was exactly that. It was the heels getting heat on Fletcher, building to that hot tag to Davis. And that hot tag to Davis was molten. And Davis is great. This dude is, is, is a top-tier hot tag because he's a hoss and he comes in and he has fire. And it really and, – and, and I like that match. You know, that match was a better match than the match against Team White Wolf, which was just an 18-minute collection of spots. Very well performed, but the match against Bodum and Samuels, to me, was the better match because it told the better story. And it had the great work to go along with. So that's what I'm hoping for here. And I think everyone, you know, accepts that Aussie Open are locks to win this thing. But this has been a really good feud. And RevPro has really been a well-booked company. Look, they're not going to knock your side. It's not the most exciting company. But it's well-booked. And when, when, when there's a big match and someone wins, it means something to the overall story. And guys move on. And, and wins mean something. And, and, and that's why I enjoy RevPro. Because it's, it's, it's well-booked and everything they do makes some sort of sense. The only problem is they are a little over-reliant on the bullshit finishes. They've calmed down a little bit since the beginning of the year. It's not nearly as bad as it was in February and March uh, through you know the spring and the summer that I've seen so far. But there's still a little bit of a crutch there when it comes to the bullshit finishes. And it's odd because it's a promotion that sort of has a real sport atmosphere, but they do a lot of fucking pro wrestling finishes so it's right 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 and that's you know when we were doing our previous wrestlemania weekend neil david who, who came on and, and, and talked about uh rev pro was basically just like yeah i want to like a lot of people in uk kind of i think have the same thought where they'll go to the shows and they enjoy the shows and it's just like all right cool that was fun but they want to love this company because it feels like it should be better like you look at the cards you look at the roster you look at the atmospheres you look at everything they do and it feels like it should be a little bit better but like you said a lot of the booking can sometimes be just kind of like, ah, oh, all right. Like they, they kind of rely a little too bit, uh, a bit too much on like attitude era stuff. Like you can tell they're obviously influenced by that era of, of wrestling and think that that's kind of the way to approach it. And, and, and that can, that can kind of drag you down a little bit sometimes too, where it's like, you know, you guys don't have to do Like you can be, you know, something more, you could be, like you said, a sports feel, but they tend to be a little bit more, you know, quote sports entertaining than, than straight sports. It's, so it, yeah. it, it's frustrating at times with the finishes sometimes. Yeah. And it, they're clearly have, he they're heavily influenced by new Japan too. I mean, that's obvious, but, um, but yeah, just a, a little too heavy on the bullshit finishes sometimes, but, but a well-booked promotion from a logic standpoint, there's no question about that. All right, moving on to this one here, Rev Pro undisputed British cruiserweight title match. You have El Fantasmo, the recent uh, super Jacob winner versus Michael Oku. Okay, so this match is going to have off-the-charts heat. This might have more heat than anything else in the show because Phantasmo, as we know, is a tremendous heel. And Oku, I don't know how much you've seen of this guy. I know you saw him in New York because he lost to Brian Cage. Right, I've seen a little bit of him, but not as much as I kind of want to. So He has really emerged as a guy. He has an incredible crowd connection. This is, this is OJMO as well, if, if yes. people are curious, too, who maybe – if because he's, he's gone by both a lot of times. I wish he would just go by one. Probably help a lot. Well, he's been Michael Oku based. That that 
I mean, I think that this is now, since he's emerged, he might just stick with this. Well, he's got to change his Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram profile because they all say OJMO too. So yeah, uh, but yeah, Michael Oku is a much better name. So yeah, that that would be a uh, first suggestion to him is is consistent branding across the board would be. be yeah, nice. good idea. But I mean, he just has an incredible crowd connection. He is just one of those guys who is an incredible underdog babyface. He just exudes it. I just watched his match against Pac. Rich, you have to find this match because you will love it. You will love this match against Pac. It's another notch in the belt for Pac's wrestler of the year case. He is the ultimate bully against the ultimate opponent who's like the perfect opponent to be bullied. There's no way you can't root for Oku, especially against Pac. And, um, you know, I won't give away the finish to you, but, you know, it's uh, so I won't say much about the match itself, but it's typical Pac bullying. Uh, a, 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 you know, a, a uh, an undersized babyface opponent and the crowd getting behind that opponent and Oku has that crowd connection, which will work perfectly for this match against ELP, who is ve- also very easy to hate. So, th- you know, it, it, this is a, th- these people in, uh, where is this, your call? Uh, your call, yes. They are going to be, frothing at the mouth for Oku to win this title. I'm telling you the heat is going to be off the charts. It's just the perfect dynamic. It was uh, well-booked to get here. Phantasmo won this title in a ladder match against David Starr. I was not crazy about that match, but there's no question that he's over and all that, and Oku is, uh, has that dynamic I just talked about. I've got this one circled. This match could have a very special dynamic to it. Y'all check out that match. So Pac and Oku, what's up? What was the date on that one? So uh, can, uh... June 2nd, off the top of my head, June 2nd. In fact, Rich, that's the same show that had the Aussie Open versus Bodeman Samuels match as the semi-main event. Oh, there you go. Okay. I'll try so to watch can, that then. You can watch them both. Um, so you can get a good feel for the Aussie Open. Uh... I just got spoiled by the match. God damn it. <laughs> I clicked to find it. That's fine. Yeah. I, I know the result now. It's Oku, okay. Pac? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. All right. So now that you've seen it, they tease a 30-minute draw. And the crowd is like, you know, Oku, it's more like, can Oku get the draw? You, right. you know what can I mean? survive like, this 30 yeah. minutes? Yeah. And, and it may have been like, I think the match would have worked better if it was a 15 or 20 minute time limit. Cause I think they, I, they had a little trouble filling the middle time, but that's a minor complaint. I went four and a quarter on it. It's just typical, brilliant Pac. Oku just has the special crowd connection that you can't understand until you watch them. And, what I liked about the finish was they didn't do the tropey thing where they waited for like the final 10 seconds. He like beat him with two minutes left. And to me, that worked better. Right. It's like Pac kept hearing the time calls. He's like, they were like five more, more minutes and it made him angrier that he hadn't beat him yet. And then he was like, you know, four more minutes. Three. And then when the guy was like two more minutes, Pac was like, I, I'm just finishing this asshole. So <laughs> put him away with the fucking red arrow. He missed the first red arrow a few minutes earlier and then he put him away with it. And they didn't, you know, I don't like that thing where they wait till the last 10 seconds. That's too Monday night raw for me. You know what I mean by that? I got you. Yeah, no, I got you for sure. So the way they finished it too, I thought, and then Pac, his post-match promo where they're dragging Oku out of there. Cause he just took a beating for 28 minutes and he's like, get out of my ring. I'm done with you. You piece of shit, get out of my ring. And it's like, he's just so good. I mean, it's just so good, you know, and off goes the fucking jabron. And in comes David Starr to make a challenge. You know, it's just, and and like Oku is like, kind of like David Starr's young boy. So it all ties in. It's just good stuff. You know, it's well booked. But anyway. 
I'll still watch it. I'll still check it out. Sounds uh, sounds right up my alley. Yeah, it's uh, right up your alley. You'll love it. Yeah, you'll love it. Uh, then we get to uh, the real business end of this uh, Rep Pro show. We got Hiroshi Tanahashi and Okada versus Minoru Suzuki and Zack Sabre Jr. They don't have any titles to worry about here now. Okay. But you do have the Okada Minoru Suzuki world title match the next day. Right. So, but where's the pin eater here? You know, it's like. <sighs> yeah, it's tough. Like Tanahashi, I guess, would be the number like because zach's gotta be a kind of protected right especially He's here that's what He's... i mean especially in red like i would probably hope that you would protect him here Minoru suzuki is about to challenge for the title the next day he can't lose Listen, if this is cork and hall zach saber jr loses absolutely 100 yeah. fucking champion here <laughs> right exactly that's <laughs> not good um i guess it's tanahashi right he's got the least to worry about now to be fair when suzuki I mean, and I guess Saber he's, he's, lost the title. He's going for the title the next day too. Too damn. Who do you have? <laughs> Who who's going for? Well, uh, oh, Tanahashi's going for the for for the British heavyweight yeah. title the next day. So you want to stab? You don't can't have him just lose and be like, ah, oh, we'll come. You know, come back tomorrow to watch Roshi Tanahashi try so, to beat Saber Junior. Yeah. Well, that's what I was gonna say. That's and and to be fair, Saber dropped the fall when they lost the tag team titles because Suzuki's a god in this promotion. Right. Okay? Yeah. He's not losing. He's he's a god in this promotion. It's just different. I mean, he had. I talked about that main event he had against Shaw Samuels. It was like a seven minute match. He just and Samuels is a heel that was getting a big push, and they just had Suzuki beat him in like seven minutes in a main event. He's just a god here. He's a god everywhere, to be honest. But like here, it's even different. More, you know, he's just treated as something totally special in this company. So it's like, but you just nailed it. It's probably going to be Tanahashi pinning Saber. To you know, put a little heat on the on the match the next day, which then Saber can win, right, 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 title. So that's probably the direction they're going to go. But um, yeah, I just thought it was interesting that you know it, it, it's it's what do you you know what do you do? But um, but yeah, it should be a great match. And um, on what you know really looks like once you get past some of the prelims, which don't look awful. I mean, this no, is, everything. I think everything on the show looks pretty solid. Enough, it's a yeah. pretty loaded show. Yeah. Uh, and then our main event, uh, we're speaking about that Attitude Era influence in some ways. We have a career versus control of Rev Pro match here with David Starr and Will Ospreay. Yeah, I mean, it's two of the best wrestlers in the world this year, you know, with heavy stakes and a storyline that the company has been doing. So I, I don't expect this to be anything less than great. What's this control thing? I, I got to, is this done better than all the shitty, now I'm the commissioner things like I, I haven't been following like clue me in here about this this it's your, it's your typical thing. fucking i'm not really wrapped up in that to be honest with you but okay it's because it's not anything they're not reinventing the wheel in that regard um so you know but the idea of good versus evil in a match like this with two great wrestlers you know they, they're gonna find a way no matter no matter where you stand on the storyline Okay, these two are going to find a way to get you into emotionally invested in by the end of the match. That's the way I look at it. Is oh yeah, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't possibly care about the actual steps when it's like fucking David Starr versus Will Ospreay in 2019. I mean, these are two of my favorite wrestlers in the world this year, uh, two of the best wrestlers in the world this year. So yeah, I'm, I'm super excited regardless of, uh, you know, whatever happens with the story or whatever the story is. It's like, yeah, these two dudes are going to go out there and just, especially if you're it, just so. dropping into this and you're not necessarily. Um, invest in the promotion or care about the promotion at all anyway i mean at minimum you're going to get a great match between these two guys now it is rev pro and we've talked about their issues this year could they kill this thing with some 
overbooked series of run-ins or something at the end and ref bumps. Yeah, they can, and they probably will. Um, but, but, but we'll see. So, um, you know, it, these two guys are allowed to go out there and just have a good heel versus babyface style match, uh, you know, with, with minimal bullshit, you know, it can easily be the best match on the show and one of the better matches of the weekend, but we shall see. Yeah, so this leads us pretty tightly into uh, the Royal Quest. So I should say, I should say here, Rev Pro. I, as far as I know, as of this recording, I believe no streaming live for this Summer Sizzler show, but I believe it'll be on their on-demand service pretty quickly thereafter. So uh, I don't know for a hundred percent that you can watch this live. I could be wrong. Uh, someone I'm sure listening will tell us if we're wrong, but I, I'm almost positive there's no streaming for this one. Uh, but that'll pop up on demand a few days later. So their service is like uh, you know, like seven ninety nine or something too. I don't even think it's. I don't know off the top of my head. Uh, and that's, I guess, kind of leads us into the uh, Royal Quest here, because this is interesting as well. You're thinking, oh, Royal Quest, oh, sweet. New Japan World. Well, no. Uh, it's going to be live on Fight, but available on New Japan World via VOD. Do you have any thoughts on that, Joe, before we kind of go over the card? Well, kind of the same thing with the uh, Super J Cup and the and the Australian shows, where it's like this thing where these, these New Japan shows happening in other countries... Uh, uh, there's been this pattern where they're not airing live and you got to wait around for them. I don't know how long it's going to take because the super J cup, they're not putting that up until uh, late next week or something. Yeah. Like we're that. here in mid September is some of the rumblings around there, which is like, dude, like I, I want to watch those matches, but like, yeah, now I mean, I'm already losing interest. That's what I mean. Like after this weekend, am I really going to want, I like, I want to, I'm there's matches. I'm going to definitely go and check out, but like, I'm going to miss that. Like this repro show. I'm not going to be able to watch live. Like, I'm going to want to go back and watch that one. Like there's real quest. I might not, I'm not going to watch live or whatever. So I might want to go back or I will maybe watch some of it live. And if I don't watch that live, then I got to go back and watch the NXT takeover UK or whatever. So it's just like, fuck man, you're, 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 there's like eight hours of content, nine hours of content, 10 hours of content that are coming this weekend alone right. that man, like you're going to have a tough time getting me in mid September to go check out, you know, the super Jacob, let alone that like fucking AEW weekly TV starting you know, in a few weeks. It's like, dude, I don't know, man. Like I might just hand wave this Jacob, which sucks. I really want to watch it, but I will have, gonna be tough. I will have lost interest in the Jacob by the time it pops up and I'm going to have to, it might be one of those things I don't watch until like November on like a lazy fucking Saturday or something, because it's the same thing. It's like the Bola theory. I'm just not interested when it's that fucking far in the rear view. I, you know, it's going to be hard for me to be motivated to watch it. So, so I, you know, I hope Royal, Royal Quest, I would assume, since they're considering this like a major event with a, you know, Okada title defense and everything, I would think it would be up fairly quickly. I would too. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not like so live you can do on Fight TV, obviously, but yeah, for the New Japan World subscribers. Yeah, but if I'm um, paying for New Japan World, I'm not paying for the show twice. I agree. And that's, we had a lot of people in our mentions say, like, should I be upset that I'm not getting the show for free and, or like, you know, with my subscription? I'm like, dude, you're preaching the choir here. Like, I don't know what the deal was. I don't know what everything is, but like, I'm with you, man. I, I don't, I want to watch the show but I don't feel right paying for it again when I already pay for New Japan's streaming. You know what I mean? Like, I have this sort of internal thing. I'm like, no, I, I kind of already pay for this. Like, I shouldn't have to pay again. There's nothing against Fight. Fight does a great job, and the feeds I've watched from Fight are very good. But it's like, no, dude, like, I pay for this already. I'm not paying again. You know, I'm not paying for another New Japan show. Like, this this should be on New Japan World. I get why it's not, and there's some reasons why it's not. But I totally get people's, like, you know, hey, no, I'm not going to buy that, or I feel kind of well, weird about well, buying it. Well, here's the thing. Like, I don't 
Here's the thing, though. I don't get why it's not. Why is it not under you? That, that, that part I don't I, understand. There's some weird thing What's with shows. Here? I guess shows that don't happen in America are under some different bylaws. Oh, it's okay. it's TV, you know, it's like, you know, it's owned by the, what, what, the TV or whatever. It's like owned by a Japanese yeah. TV company. I, I don't, there might be some weird legality reasons for that or whatever. I don't know what it is, but like, I mean, I'd get those solved as quickly as possible, especially if you're going to be running in America a bunch of times and, and running in UK and running big shows in UK too. Cause it's not like, again, like you said, this isn't some blow, like blow off, like, War of the Worlds shit, where you just have like a few matches in there, and Okada comes in there in a tag match. Like you got a world title match, you have Okada defending the world title. You know, on the show, you have a never open weight title in a, a major feud between these two guys. You have, you know, you you're you got the Ref Pro British Heavyweight Title in a big match here with, with, with Zack Saber. Like, there's a lot of stuff going on on the show. This isn't just some blow away like Global Wars War of the Worlds thing. It's a big deal. So the fact that like there is no way to get this one live is 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 it's weird. It's it's definitely odd. Uh, but let's do this here. August 31st, Copper Box Arena, London, England. Again, as I mentioned, Fight TV Live, uh, VOD on New Japan World. Uh, we got the opener here, Rusuke Taguchi, Shota Minu, Ren Narita versus Rocky Romero, Sho and Yo. I'm sure you have no strong thoughts about that. I could just move on, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. Kotobushi and Juice Robinson versus Takahashi and Hikulea. I mean, you know, I guess you had to get Kotobushi on the card, huh? <laughs> I guess just let him stay in Japan. Like, does he have to? But I, hey, you know what? I, I guess he'll have a fun time. And I like, I like the Juice Kotobushi team. That's kind of fun. Hikuleo is a guy who's been working Rev Pro, so he's already over there. Um, we haven't seen him a while in Japan. He's, I guess, it's his excursion, right? I mean, if you want to call it that, you're right. Yeah, you know, I kind of forgot that he wasn't around, yeah. and you're right. Yeah, it, it's. Wow, that's really weird. Like, has anybody noticed that he's not been around? Like, I don't. Well, I mean, if you watch Rev Pro, you know, you knew. Right yeah, now. I would guess. Like, but for like straight New Japan watchers, like, I don't. I think I just kind of because I wasn't well, watching why the would New you Japan. Not, I wasn't watching you... the G One undercard, so it wasn't like I was checking those out. But yeah, kind of. I, I guess I just never really noticed that he wasn't there. So yeah. So yeah, that he's he's been in in Europe. Uh, this one's pretty interesting here. Will Ospreay and Robbie Eagles versus Taiji Shimori and El Fantasmo. Obviously, El Fantasmo building his feud up with with both Eagles and Osprey. Eagles and Osprey now teaming together on the Chaos side. I'm way into this match. That sounds awesome. But it's not for the titles, which it's not for it's for nothing. Yes, correct. Which it kind of tells you. Well, then I guess Osprey and Eagles are winning because why else wouldn't wouldn't it be? Why wouldn't it be a title match? They don't want to put the titles on Will Ospreay sure. and Robbie Eagles. I mean, that's at least how I read it, and it's like. ELP just got the upper hand. He eliminated. Did he eliminate both of them on his way to winning the Super Super J Cup? I think he beat both. Of them. Yeah, let me so, see what, what the what the bracket was. Yeah, like I said, I I kind of tried to stay away from spoilers, and then when I I realized it was going to be mid September, I was like, oh fuck it, who cares? Like so so. By the way, if you're going to get upset about Super J Cup spoilers, I don't know, skip ahead ten minutes or whatever. Uh, yeah, I'm not. But who cares? I mean, Jesus Christ, it happened. Uh, El Fantasmo beat Robbie Eagles. And he beat Will Ospreay, yes, indeed. Right. So he beat both of them, so it stands the reason. I mean, if he wins this too, it's like, all right, now he's just fucking, you know, destroying it. So, yeah, I think the fact that it's non-title and the fact that he just beat both of these guys, he may not take the pin here, but, um, you know, I, I think Eagles and Ospreay. And, and this is really Eagles' first match in New Japan since he turned, right? Because he turned on the second Australian show which was another one of those shows that went up late that a lot of people. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I think that only went up maybe a week ago or a couple of days ago. In fact, I haven't even seen it yet. So, yeah, I think that's why it's non title, but we'll see. All right. And then we have Naito and Sonata versus Jay White and Chase Owens. Yeah. So obviously, I mean, all signs point to Jay White eventually winning the Intercontinental title from Naito at one of these shows in the fall. 
I will uh, be off of Twitter for that day for sure. But it's, it's a no, longer story. It, it's a longer story. They should they should be happy with how things are going right yes, now. Yes, I don't think the Naito. Fa- I think the Naito fans. The stupid Naito fans will get upset. The smart Naito yeah. fans will say, "Ah, yes, get rid of that IC title. Get that that white mark. Get it out of here. Go away. We don't want it. It's no good." Right. Well, because I mean, it sets him up for you know, it, it, it's almost better if he loses. Uh, depending on what the setup is for Wrestle Kingdom, if if you're wanting him to win, you know the big title, you know with the two shows and the rumored, you know four person tournament and all that. So, but yeah, that that's what this is. I mean, Jay White and Naito is going to be the feud through the fall for those two guys. All right, and then we talked about this match a little bit: uh, Grills of Destiny uh, versus the RPW Road to Royal Quest tournament winners. Uh, this is, I I think not. Uh, no, it is, it is. So it is for the IWGP Tag Team Title. So, I mean, geez, that'd be. <laughs> do you think i mean is there a chance the rep pro team no there's no chance i mean that'd be silly right i mean here's the, th- the title though i mean who cares <laughs> like, right is it for the titles that match it says iwgp tag team champions okay. girls of destiny defending against the winners of the rpw road to royal quest tournament yeah i wasn't positive it was a title match here's the thing which is kind of a wild card tanahashi loves fletcher like that is his boy. Yeah, he fucking loves that dude. <laughs> yeah. he, he loves Fletcher. He thinks he's a future star and all that. And um, so, I mean, you know, do I think they're going to come in the company and immediately? Now, listen, would it get a nice pop out of the crowd? You know, the guys from the local promotion, you know, winning the big tournament and then winning the tag team. I, I can't see it, though. But, I mean, that would be your angle, right? So, right. It's just like, you have all the teams to win the IWGP tag team titles. It's just I like. I think they'd be a near lock for tag league at this point. Right, 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 right. They're ref pro tag champs. They win the tournament. They're going to be on the pay per view. Um, so I, I don't, I mean. Well, there's been worse champions. There's been weirder champions, I guess. So I, it's these I titles. Who cares? I wouldn't mind if they won. No, I'd be fine. I mean, yeah. these titles fucking stink. Who cares? I mean, at least <laughs> it's somebody different, somebody new. Um, how do you think New Japan fans who've never seen Aussie Open will respond to Aussie Open? Yeah, that's I don't know. I don't I don't think well at first. I don't know. Maybe over time, you know, they, they'll get there, but I don't think at at, at first very well. Just because I mean, I, I obviously like them, but they're just kind of like you know, the look is an issue, is what you're yeah, right. They don't look like stars. They it, come across as like a, it's just like random white dudes. It's totally like indie jobber white dudes, and it's like oh, all right, like they are not a team that comes across well with the first time you see them because they do have a rough look. Right, they kind of yeah, they're wearing like tra- they kind of have like a 2005 indie look. They're wearing kind of like trash bags and loose fitting pants and stuff, and it's just like unbecoming of of like big time New Japan wrestlers. So yeah. I, I don't know. The yeah. problem is Fletcher used to be rail thin, and it's not like he's super thick now, but he used to look like Curtis Chapman, who is just who isn't on that Rev Pro show, by the way. He usually works Rev Pro, but um, he's he's put on some weight. He doesn't look that dilapidated anymore. Um, you know. But he's got bad hair and he's still kind of thin and you know davis is just a husky guy you know what i mean and it's like they don't yeah like neither of them like one's too skinny and one's too kind of too fat it's just kind of this weird in between where yeah you come around because davis is like you know a, a, a fiery powerhouse and fletcher obviously has all kinds of potential but you do kind of have to overcome their look at first right and there's a i mean people could say whatever they want but but new japan does 
I mean, aesthetics are important for New Japan. Maybe not as aesthetic, as important as they were for, you know, WF in the mid-2000s or whatever. But, like, you know, Girls of Destiny, two guys that are in pretty good shape. They're big dudes. You know, guys up and down the card. Jay White is, you know, ripped to, to, to shreds. Sonata's ripped to shreds. Guys like Naito aren't, but they, they're able to just be such charismatic yeah. figures that they aren't. Like, Will Ospreay's gotten himself in tremendous shape, and, and that's been a big part of him. Kota Bushi, that's a big part of him. Uh, you know, Kata's a guy that's not in super shape, but pretty good. Tanahashi, like, again, you go up and down the card, and, yeah, there are exceptions to the rule, but, like, by and large, it's like who's like the guy that's like nobody looks like lumps of shit on their show like nobody looks real thin and nobody looks i mean zach saber jr you can guess you could say but like again he's a guy that's such an overwhelming presence too they're all good looking right exactly they're chasing that the female fan base too and they do a tremendous job with that these are all like attractive men just to, you know, on one level. Yeah, right. And, and not to say that Osio, you know, I'm sure they could get good dates. I'm sure they do all right. But, like, they don't have that, like, boom, the here they are. Pro like pro wrestling, attra- like, good right, right. look. That's what you're getting at. And you're not wrong. And we've talked for years how New Japan chases sort of that matinee idol look. They do, especially at the top of the card. And, um, you know, I'm I, look, I, again, I don't think these are ugly men. They just don't have traditional, fantastic pro wrestling look to them i think bodum and samuels look like bigger pro wrestling stars than these two do right because they're at least like projectable like yes. odd characters you know what i mean like samuels, samuels yeah. just looks so weird that you're like oh that's a that's a wrestler that's a pro wrestler <laughs> like for samuels sure. and then he with his gimmick and everything and the old and the fucking uh suspenders and he's got you know barrel chest and he's gotten himself into shape bodum is in tremendous shape you know he's a decent looking guy and he's got you know he looks like a, your typical fucking 2019 junior wrestler they have a better look than Aussie open has but it's like it just you know when you see them work they kind of they do win you over Mm -hmm. absolutely uh never open weight title here tomohiro ishii defending the title against kenta damn i cannot wait for this match so kenta has to win i've people have asked us and i'm like are you crazy kenta has to win he can't lose he cannot lose kenta now i mean it doesn't make any sense to (laughs) but he got his ass kicked by shibata he can't lose here yeah, I mean, it wouldn't make any sense. So Kenta's winning the match, and it doesn't matter if Ishii loses. We all know that. So, yeah, Kenta's going to be your never open weight champion. And I love it. I, mean, I and, and now there has like, here's the thing too. There's no pretense with Kenta's work now. He can just be Kenta and be right. Prim, because he's kick the fuck out of you and beat you up, and it's fine. And and the, the only concern I have is if his matches become Bullet Club matches. That's always a possibility. I am, I am, and that's why when when the initial word came out that he joined Bullet Club, and I didn't see the angle yet, yeah. I had gotten spoiled that he joined Bullet Club, but I hadn't seen right, it. And right, I was right. just like, oh right, right, no, because right. <laughs> like, you know, some guys fall into that trap where they just become Bullet Club guys, and it's just like there's shit and there's shenanigans, and and they don't realize that like they can be heels without constant interference and constant bullshit or whatever so i hope that kenta just kind of bucks that trend a little bit and is more just like the badass that's got his back up if he needs it but is also a badass on his own too so we'll see yeah uh and then as we mentioned before uh zach saber jr against uh hiroshi tanahashi here i pretty much immortal lock that saber comes out of here as the champion still um tanahashi as you said the, the right play here is tanahashi beats him uh in the tag match and then comes here and zach saber jr beats him and defends the title well, I think the guy who drops the fall the day before is winning the t- the match and the title the next day. Right. I, you know, oh, yeah. No, no doubt. Either way that they do. I think the pl- the way that you laid it out is probably the better way. But yeah, if 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 Tanahashi takes that fall, then he might be winning this, or he's very likely. There's a good chance to get the title. So. Yeah, you're not gonna beat him twice in a row. He's Tanahashi. 
And, and like you said, I mean, there's this idea, like, or, or not, not necessarily this idea, but you might see that and go, oh, Rev Pro. I mean, they're not going to give Tanahashi the title, man. They love giving New Japan guys these titles. Yeah, yeah. They, have to, they have to come back, and that's what they love. So, And this is a very healthy relationship right now, too. So there's no issue whatsoever with a New Japan guy holding that title. Uh, I mean, Ishii fucking hold, what he held that Rev Pro World title for months, uh, you know, last year. Uh, so, yeah, they have, they have no issues with that, no pretense with that. So there's, it's just as likely that Tanahashi could walk away with the title, too. So. Yeah, they've, you know, Ishii, Suzuki, Sabre, they've, you know, rotated those guys with both of their, you know, the tag and singles titles. Yeah, so, I, yeah, I don't think it's like, I don't think like, oh, Tanahashi can't win that title. No, he absolutely can. Right, yeah, he come back and defend that title a few times. It's not like something they need to have on every single show, too. So, uh, and yeah, they come pretty it's frequently. Just, it's just funny how in New Japan, it, it always comes to like, Tanahashi and Sabre have been having this long feud and, you know, here we go, they're having... A, a big match on the British pay-per-view and then Naito and Ibushi had this long feud all year long. And it looks like they might be facing each other, you know, at the Tokyo dome, either as part of this mini tournament as speculated on, or just, you know, some other snare. It's just funny how it always just comes together like that in ways that you should see coming, but you don't, we knew they had this British pay-per-view and we saw Tanahashi and Sabre, feuding with each other all of this time and having all these matches. But did you ever consider that this would be the match? I mean, I think what a lot of people thought was that Sabre would be facing Okada. I think that was my pick. Yeah, that was, that was definitely my pick um, for, for a while. Right. But it's, you know, and, and we never even considered Suzuki versus Okada when Suzuki is like the God of Rev Pro. It's just funny how it's like, these things look obvious in hindsight, but we never spot them. And I say we, I mean everyone. I didn't see anybody speculate Suzuki Okada for this show. Everyone thought it'd be Saber Okada. It's like New Japan does obvious things. Yeah, the simplest things that are actually the smartest. Yeah, right. you don't, you don't even, you never see them coming, but they're the obvious things. So. Uh, and then you mentioned that the main event there, Okada defending against Minoru Suzuki. I mean, there's, you know, it, it's there for Minoru Suzuki to have his huge pop and. Okada's going to beat yeah. him, and, and it's fine. And yeah, it'll, it'll be a fun match. And these two have had some matches that I haven't loved, and they've had some matches that I've really loved. And I hope uh, we'll, we'll see where this one lands in, on, on that spectrum there. Because uh, sometimes they go out there, and it's not always, it doesn't always land with me. It doesn't always quite work. Uh, but sometimes it's like the greatest fucking match ever. And I think this one's going to be more on the match style that I like a little bit more. I don't think we're going to have a leg match. I don't think the return of the leg match is happening here. I think it's going to be a little bit more high action, high energy. And uh, uh, yeah, I, I think I'll like it a little bit more. Suzuki is getting older, and there are more and more instances where he mails it in, which is fine, because he can get over on his charisma, and he's fucking 50, and if he doesn't want to go out there and kill himself, I get it. I don't think this is a situation where he's going to mail it in. There's going to be full-on effort, and these guys are going to go out there and try to have a great match, so not worried about that at all. All right, there we go there. So that is uh, Royal Quest, as we mentioned, live on Fight TV if you want to watch it. VOD for New Japan World. We do not know as of right now when that exactly will drop. I have not seen anything on that yet, but uh, presumably pretty close after because it is a major show. And Joe, we're staying in UK. So Chicago's the epicenter of uh, American wrestling this weekend. And man, there's a lot of stuff going on in the UK because Joe, we have NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff. Are you excited? Are you ready? I don't know if anyone's excited. <laughs> I was going to say, except for that one. We had one guy in our mentions that called it. Uh, if I don't want to misquote this uh, this individual, but I believe they said 
uh, you were talking uh, some smack, if you will, about uh, NXT UK, uh, and he said that it is the fastest growing brand in WWE. So uh, any any rebuttal? To- he called it the fastest growing brand in WWE history. <laughs> Based off what criteria? Yeah, like, where's the growth? I don't understand. Like what? Um, what's he basing that on? I have no idea. And he was dead serious too. Yeah, I, I liked it. I was I was like I wanted to talk to him more. It's like sometimes we have these people, and it's like ah, you're acting in bad faith. Like fuck off, just go away. I was very generally curious. Like all right, no, 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 hold on a minute. Like what like what is your basis like where because I'm, I'm very curious how you could watch this show and i've caught up on a little bit of nxt uk to kind of get ready for this preview here like where what <laughs> like no it, it's not it's like you talk about it on your thursday tv reviews but otherwise that shit like the buzzle meter on nxt uk and i don't know how if it's different in uk i don't know if it's different in europe or whatever but in america man that shit might as well not even exist I just I don't hear about it other than your TV reviews or you talking about it. Like, you are the only person I know that watches it consistently, and then a few of us started watching it in the last few days to catch up for Takeover. But that's it. Like I don't hear anything else about it. Well, no one in the UK cares either because they all hate it. Right. Well, why would you like it? Yeah, it's a soulless recreation of your your uh, you know your wrestling scene. So it's 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 not even like it's bad. It's just boring and unessential, and that's what I called it in the tweet. And the guy was like. Yeah, but it's only the fastest growing brand in WWE history, but okay. Oh, in history. Yeah, but okay. Like, a staunch defender of this brand. I, I mean, I didn't know any of those existed, but apparently they do. Um, and again, it's not a bad show. It's like the fastest growing NXT. Like, like yeah, NXT I I, is now on primetime television. I, I, like, I and went from full sale to arenas, and I, I don't know. Yeah, they I don't tour. Know. They tour now, and they're on primetime television. Yeah, I don't know what I. I don't know what he's basing it on. I think it's just something they say on the show. You know, it's like one of those Vic Joseph things. <laughs> Joseph, what? It's one of those things that we have turned off, but that they say. They must say it. Yeah, yeah. Yes, this growing brand in W. Like, I think that they say that on the show. Right, I- right. It's like if somebody talks shit about Raw and they're like, ah, oh, that's the week- longest running weekly episodic television show ever, you idiot. And it's like, all right. Right. Okay. So- <laughs> it's not, but all right. Yeah. Michael but here's Michael. the other thing. It could be growing quickly and still be boring. Right. right? Yeah. The boring. Like, yeah. He, 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 like, he responded to this is boring with. Well, it's successful. And it's like, well, it could be the same. It could be one of the same. It's not, but it could but be one of the same. It's not even all that successful. Right. Like, no one talks about it. They do one taping every six weeks. They're doing this show, which they claim is sold out, but isn't. You can buy tickets for it as we're recording this. So I don't know. Yeah, that's, a, that's a bold strategy to tell people you can't buy tickets, but then allow people to buy tickets. It's a weird way to, why not would how you I would do it, but you know what, go ahead. Yeah, why would you tell people, hey, you can't buy tickets? <laughs> right. When That's like us saying, well, we've reached our max on Patreon subscribers, so don't even bother this week because, like, we're already at X, so forget it. Yeah, like, like maybe, maybe I want a ticket. Now you're telling me I can't have one and I won't even try. Like, why <laughs> right. would you it's do really that? Bizarre, yeah. I, don't, I don't understand. But, um, but yeah, it's just a show that comes off dry and, and uninspired and non-essential is the best way I could put it. Like, you don't feel like you're watching anything that's important. And it's not like, look, every, you know, they have excellent main events sometimes. I mean, the Cassius mm-hmm. Ono stuff has been great. And, um, you know, Walter Trent Seven about a month ago was an awesome match. And, and uh, you know, but then there's other weeks where it's just dry as a bone. And I don't know. It's just um, – it, it just feel and look, this lineup is the not an exciting lineup on paper at all. I still at think all. it could be a good show, though. Oh, That's I think it the will thing. Be. 
Oh yeah, I wouldn't bet against the show whatsoever because I think the two matches that are the big, the two biggest matches I think will both deliver, and a lot of the stuff in the undercard, while like not names, you know, not like the people that I would book if I was booking this entire talent roster, there's a chance for at least two of the three to be really, really good, and that's going to be a great show. There's five matches. We already said the two of the matches are guaranteed to probably be really good. One of the matches has a good chance to be good, so you're already plus, you know, you're already fifty percent. And then there's the other two that just haven't, you know, if any of them are okay or they're short, like you won't care. So it, it feels a lot like that classic takeover feel where it was five matches, but the two big matches you knew were going to rule. So it didn't matter what was on the undercard. And it's takeover and they're going to have pride and they're all going to try hard. And it's just, I don't understand. And I talked about this behind the paywall, but it's like this brand, there's no pressure to draw money. It exists solely so World of Sport would have trouble gaining a footing. And we all know that. And it's like they don't fucking have any kind of real meaningful touring with this brand. They do like two takeovers a year. Um, you know, it's like they won't fully commit to putting these people under full-time contracts. It just exists as something on the network. And it's like when that's the case, there's less booking pressure to deliver stuff Right. That, that's that can you know, it's like you can basically book whatever you want. Right. It's not booked because to be, it's, no it, it doesn't exist to be successful. It exists so that other things can't exist. That's all it's there for. It exists to exist. Right. It exists to yeah. crush so competition no, in the marketplace. Like, that's it. The bookers of this. Yeah, and it's like so you can get away with not having Pete Dunne and Rhea Ripley and Cassius Ono and Fabian Ackner and Marcel Bartel and 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 uh, Jordan Devlin. Jordan Devlin, right? And yeah, Jordan you Devlin. Can get away with that. not having. Yeah, you can get away with not having all of your best and most charismatic and best workers on your biggest show because it doesn't matter. There's no, you know, there's no booking pressure to deliver. If this was a, a brand that was expe- or or if this was a self-contained promotion, they'd all be on that show. You know, and, and even if it was a brand that was expected to turn a profit or 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 you know, or, or draw money, all of those people would be on that show. But it's weird. We get a whole bunch of we get a whole lot of gallus. You know what I mean? And we get Noam Dar and we get, you know, just a, a lineup that isn't inspiring at all. Okay, so we're back. We've had a ton of connection issues, and at one point I talked for about seven minutes, no lie, um, about this show while I thought Rich was listening, and we really weren't connected. So I can't remember uh, uh, what was said and what wasn't said, but but um, you are still there, correct, Rich? I'm here, yes, yes. I, I was wondering, were you, do you, did you think we weren't connected on a personal level or a technological level? Both, but oh, I, 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 I'm now nervous, and I have to make sure that you're actually you yeah. Know, check in with there. me maybe every ten seconds or so. Just ask Rich, and I'll say yes, and then I think that's the best way to go about the rest of the show. So, I mean, it's just if it was, I talked a lot about this show and 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 the problems, uh, you know, with it behind the paywall today on the Thursday TV reviews. So, um, I'm not going to repeat myself for the third time, <laughs> but it's just basically if this show was under any pressure to actually draw money and be successful, I have a feeling that it would have been booked a lot different and built up in a completely different manner with some of the bigger stars. Because the bottom line is, if you could have Cesaro be on this show from the main roster, there's no reason you can't have Pete Dunne or Rhea Ripley be on this show. So it doesn't fly that they just currently, you know, have been working in NXT proper, uh, that they can't also work this show. It doesn't make sense. It's all the same umbrella. But um, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a little... 
it's a little yeah it's it's disappointing but in all in all like you said i think the show is going to be pretty good well so let's let's go over the only five matches we don't have to get into a ton as of far as as far as, right, as far as cesaro goes i'll and i ask you quickly the speculation is one of two things one Jordan Devlin's current storyline is that he keeps complaining that he's not on the card. Yes. So maybe he wrestles, he comes out to complain or something, and Cesaro answers his challenge. But isn't that exactly what they did with Balor? And is it a is it smart to squash Devlin twice on both of the takeovers? And as a second follow up, does it fucking matter? Because the show isn't expected to build stars or draw anyway. Um. <laughs> kind of both like yes i wouldn't do that i would have jordan devlin not lose to cesaro after calling him out and doing the exact same thing you did with finn balor but then to your second point it doesn't fucking matter so that's probably what because i feel like that's what they're gonna, they're gonna do right i mean they, this seems all pointed to that that devlin's gonna get in there and say i can't believe they're having you nxt uk takeover without me here and then then and then he comes out and he beats the fuck out of him in five minutes or whatever and that's it i wouldn't do that they're probably gonna do it and it probably won't matter so all those things are true. Option B, as we already noted, uh, that Cassius Ono, Cassius ono isn't on the show either. So many have speculated that maybe this is the long-awaited reuniting of the Kings of Wrestling. Do you think that's plausible? Or do you think that people are continuing to wait for something that WWE doesn't give two shits about and you're never going to get it? Yes. Uh, the, the, the Definitely the, uh, the second option you brought, brought up there. Because it's like, yeah, they could do that, but... They don't care. They don't know. And, and this company doesn't matter. NXT UK, this is not like it, it's something that I, I guess people that don't watch NXT UK or don't follow or whatever just kind of think that. But what's the I, I never mind. It's strip out everything that you know about Ono and, and Cesaro. What is what's NXT UK's purpose of putting those two guys together in a tag match? I mean, Ono's a heel. Cesaro's a heel. Is it plausible that I don't know? Mandrews and Flash Morgan Webster win the tag team titles in the three-way and then get challenged by Ono and Cesaro to a monstrous pop. Would Joe Lanza and Rich Krejci like to see that? Oh, fuck yeah, of course. I think that'd be pretty cool. Is that like smart fantasy booking that's never going to happen? Yes. Kind of leaning towards your direction. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I think it's much more you know, realistic that... Um, Cesaro just shows up as a heel, is talking shit. The problem is, and then faces somebody off the roster. The problem is, he's going to come off like a baby face because people are going to be happy to see Cesaro. Right. So, who do you send? Do you send Ilya Dragunov out there and, you know, run the risk of people rooting for Cesaro? Or does a guy like Ilya Dragunov have enough, you know, uh, cachet with the European fans to where they'll root for him? He might be the only guy that'll work in that scenario. You know, I can't imagine you send out, I can't even think of anybody off the top of my head. You know, Kenny Williams. I mean, they're going to root for Cesaro. I mean, <laughs> right, not, right, right. Yeah, no, he's going to get a monster pop. He's going to have a monster baby face pop no matter what they do. So, yeah. So it's like even the Kings of Wrestling scenario, that's going to blow the roof off the building. And that's not the desired reaction. You know, Cassius Ono's whole deal is that he's this pompous American who claims he does British wrestling better than the Brits. You know what I mean? They don't want him to get cheered. Right, then he's going to come out and get monster pops for teaming with... Yeah, it's just all... It's not how they're booking NXT UK. Like, again, you look. it's one of these things where I think people look at the roster, but I know that nobody watches it because anybody that watches their TV, I, I think you'd have a... You'd be hard-pressed to find a scenario 
where they do that that dream kings of wrestling smart thing and and the more likely scenario is that yeah that one just gets his ass kicked by cesaro so but again that doesn't really work either because again they're both heels but so who knows i don't know what they're doing but cesaro won't be a heel though you know what i mean like he yeah i guess yeah he yeah, just won't right. i mean he's just there to get a pop it's a takeover pop like he's just gonna yeah. get that you know it's like could you see a scenario where they move him to that brand. I mean, they'd have to pay him to say, I mean, he's not going to go there. I was going to say, man, dude, Cesaro didn't need a hell of a payday to do that. But. With that said, it's not like he's a pay-per-view regular getting big bonus checks. I mean, if they say, you know, maybe. I don't know his inspiration. He anymore. wants to be there. Maybe he asked to be there. Right. This is kind of the thing with Cesaro that I, I don't either. quite figured it out in in recent years is 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 this a guy who desires for more who wants to go out there and have awesome matches again or is he a guy that's just perfectly fine being a guy on the roster guy that has some good tag matches some good tag runs some singles matches that are kind of fun here and there and just kind of is fine with his lot in life these days like i don't know i don't know if he's a guy that desires more i know cashy sono is obviously a guy who who most likely desired more and that's why he has to, to, to kind of do this stuff and it's a great fit for him it's a perfect fit for him because you know he was just doing nothing in nxt and this is this has been awesome the stuff he's done in NXT well, and, and, and for him it's a lateral move right exactly cesaro would be it'd definitely be a downgrade i mean it, it's 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 that's how severe and how kind of weird nxt uk is right now i mean that would be a huge downgrade for cesaro and is that what he really wants in his life? Does he really want to build himself back up or have fun? Like, does he want to do the Tyson Kid run where it's like, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah, I'll go to NXT and have a great, you know, six months in NXT and then come back or whatever. Does he want that? Like, I don't know if he's that kind of guy anymore. So if it's a one off, who's the baby face that thwarts him? I, you know, I, don't like- think, I think he comes out there and beats Devil into a huge baby face pop and that's it. It's just like, unca- it's a moment, Joe. It's an NXT UK takeover Cardiff moment in front of the NXT UK audience. Does he universe? Let's think bigger. Does he challenge Walter after Walter <laughs> no. beats Bates? He comes out and he beats Jordan Devlin. And everyone goes, yeah. And then he leaves and then it's never mentioned again. And Devlin just looks like an absolute geek again. Right. Again. Yeah. Despite being the MVP of the brand. Right. Like you're trying. I give you effort for trying, but you know, I mean, I think right. you know deep down what's probably going to happen, right? I do. I'm just, you know. No, you're right. You all your scenarios are better, but we know. Oh yeah! Oh my God, Vix Joseph is gonna just love himself some Cesaro, and Cesaro's gonna win, and nobody will ever think of him as a heel or babyface ever again. So, counting the rotations on the Giants. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> See, we know they're about pops. They're about moments, Joe. It's about the matches. Not it's about the moments, not the matches. So, on NXT UK Takeover Cardiff in front of the NXT UK Universe. So, break down the card. You think Johnny Saint's gonna be there? <laughs> With Sid Scala's hand in his back, <laughs> the fucking marionette that he is. Is that a marionette? No, it's a, uh, what do you call that? Marionette with the strings. What do you yeah, call it? Yeah, it's not a marionette. Uh, a ventriloquist, I think is what you're. The Jeff right? Dunham gimmick, right? Yeah, fucking yeah. The ventriloquist. Know, or whatever. Ventriloquist, I said. I don't know if there's a better. I love how they don't even trust him to say anything. No, nothing. <laughs> not even like, hi, I'm Johnny Sane. It's no. just like, hi, I'm Skid Scala. <laughs> this is Johnny Sane. This is like, yeah, they can't it, rely it, on him to say his name. No, nothing. Sid Scala says everything, <laughs> and and he totally runs his own Twitter account. Oh, you Johnny Sade. Oh, I'm oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. He 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 types out all of those tweets in WWE speak. That's totally him. <laughs> Can you imagine explaining Twitter to Johnny Sade? 
Like, how long did that conversation go before somebody decided, you know what, just make him an accountant and tweet it, and he'll never even care. Are you kidding me? They probably have Scala doing that, too. Oh, I'm sure they do. Yeah, I'm sure they, they, for five seconds, tried to talk to Johnny and then realized, this is, no, (laughs) forget it. Like, we'll just do it. It's fine. He's not, he's not going to know. He's not going to care. Just take a picture of him, put it as the profile picture, and we're good. We'll just move on with our lives. Does Johnny Saint have a smartphone? Oh, God, no, no. You don't think so? No, he's like Terry Funk. Like the old stories of Terry Funk, where like if you called him to book him, he'd like call he'd put the phone him. down and like get his like rolled like his his notebook out there and be like, "Well, uh, I'm busy on that weekend." <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. right. As he's flipping a paper calendar, <laughs> right, right. And you got to call him at home and hope he's there. Right, his wife pick, or yeah. you know when she was alive, she'd pick it up and be like, "Ah, Terry, <laughs> he's like, oh, right, he's out right. back. He'll be here in a minute." Now, people this... told us that. That's literally how. You right, you'll hear contact. the screen door like move and say, oh, "Hey, how's it going?" <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's probably the probably same. Wipe his hand John off with a towel because he was like, you know doing something oily you know he's working outside or something you know, he's yeah he's cleaning up the lawnmower or something he's got, you yeah. know, doing something ranchy right he's doing something ranchy with his hands something i will never do right. is what he's doing outside you know what i mean by the walking in with the towel like there's the the Absolutely. like the white towel as he's like all right let me see what's going on and it's not a wipe it's a dab right he's yeah, yeah. His forehead with the with the towel <laughs> right 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 all right so but, travis uh, banks and no i'm dark does does Johnny Sane have a jitterbug phone? Is that the phone he has? The jitterbug with the big buttons? Ooh, I don't. Ah, ooh, that's a good one. The flip phone with the big buttons. The jitterbug. <laughs> I don't think he has a flip phone. No. I think Johnny's on rotary, man. I think he might have a wireless. He might have a wireless phone. Like in his house. Right, but he always keeps like he would prefer it be on a cord. He doesn't like the wireless aspect of it. I think in his house he has a phone on a cord. Because I think he he had the his his. His kids bought him uh, one of the wireless phones, but then he'd never like charged it. He didn't put put it back on the. Well, what happens is when he walks into another room, he might lose the connection, you know. And <laughs> he's like, hey, he's like, I'm not messing with this. I just, yeah. So he didn't done mess with it anymore. But I, I wonder if he has a cell phone. I don't think he has. I would definitely think he does, and not, definitely but... not a smartphone, right? You don't. No, think... God, no. So he's not like you know. He's not contacting people on like fucking. Uh, he doesn't have like WhatsApp. You don't think? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think like like dude. Like, what is he? So he's seventy eight right now, yeah. and I'm, I'm looking at like he he became like a factory worker when he was fifteen or whatever. Like, no, dude, that guy never. Like, I maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong, but uh, I. Uh, I don't think he's so, definitely so. doesn't have the Twitter app on his face. Not firing no, no. He knows wrestling and. And that might be it for Johnny. I don't know. And I don't know what Johnny knows these days. But anyway, NXT UK takeover Cardiff. Uh, Cardiff, Wales. Motor Point Arena, Cardiff. August 31st. Of course, streaming live on the award-winning WWE Network. Uh, Travis Banks and Noam Dar. Yeah, I don't know. Noam Dar does nothing for me. Yeah, they love this guy, uh, man. <laughs> they fucking love if, there's a, if there's a brand that you can make Noam Dar a featured player on, man, you got to do it. And well, Jesus Christ. I like him slightly better here than 205. 205. Live he's atrocious. Oh yeah, yeah, Just, for sure. But it's like with all these guys, like I don't, I don't know if I go back to Noam Dar, but, but that's he's me. Here, that's, he, that's me. But he's here now. The 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 story here was that as as part of his negotiations to come to NXT UK, he guaranteed himself a takeover match. So they had to give him a match that was part of his contract. That's the storyline. And uh, he's facing Travis Banks. So I don't know. It's Noam Dar. I can't have high hopes. Uh, move on here. Dave Mastiff, Joe Coffey, a last man standing match. Now, I hate, 
hate last man standing matches, Joe. Should I get excited about this one? I mean, they're going to try hard. <sighs> just, I don't. They're going to do big, beefy things. And I do hard. like I do like how beefy they are. That that does that does make me feel a little bit better. You heard it here, folks. Beefy. Rich enjoys a beefy man. I do enjoy a beefy man. Yeah, that's true. He enjoys the beefiness, but it's a bad stipulation. <laughs> One. <laughs> right. Two. Look, I think they're going to try hard. Seven. Oh, oh they get up. Okay. Uh, yeah, and someone's it's like definitely the, going through the barricade too, right? And Gallus, I just, I don't know. <laughs> so much Gallus on the show. Their theme song. I know you love their entrance theme, <laughs> Gallus, which doesn't fit them at all. Um, it, fits uh, like a, it fits like a, a shitty indie version of Aces and Eights. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah. there's Aces and Eights, which is a shitty version of the Sons of Anarchy, and then like your local promotion was like, oh, this Ace and Ace thing's really taken off or whatever. But in like 2014, they decided to dust off the Aces and Eights thing and do some shitty biker gang thing. And that's what the Gallus theme is, even though they're apparently a bunch of Scots. Or so I don't know what the fuck is going on. Oh, uh, yeah, they're just a bunch of Scots. We had that Scott come in our mentions with some shit that I did, couldn't even understand. <laughs> it was something about blowing up your arse, but it was like... He told me to stick my head up my arse and light it up. But on in a fire. very cool way. I love the way he said it, but I forget was, exactly what it said. But uh, Some kind of Scottish shit. I don't know. It was some tweet, though. I got to tell you. But um, It was good so, stuff. I appreciate that. that. You know, we, we talk about bad faith actors. That guy was, you know, he no, that man's up a our gall- arse. So. Yeah. <laughs> He's a Gallus fan, and he wants me to stick my own head up my own arse or something and then light it on fire. And I, you know, yeah, let's okay. I can find this here. I can't. Uh, oh, it's not coming up right away. Damn. I don't think you're going to find it. It was a reply to the tweet that i said uh you know that the show's boring and non-essential and um you know and, and, and yeah yeah because in that tweet i said why are they so fascinated with gallus and he oh here we go okay hold on a minute let's see I, I found the tweet but i can't let me uh oh man you better I got, read it uh, i'm trying to find it no i haven't found his tweet yet. i found your tweet but uh oh I haven't found our buddy yet um this was great. I loved what he said. He kind of looked like a member of Gallus. Too. He did, yeah. He did. Like that's what I mean. Like that guy, I buy. I buy that he's yeah. not like just saying it to like disagree with us. He's like, oh fuck yeah. you, <laughs> you asshole. Like, yeah, he, I fucking uh, love he, Gallus. Though. He's got the beard and he's wearing like a soccer jersey. What do they they call it a kit? A kit. Right? A, kit. a kit. A soccer kit. Yeah, I'm not the. I'm not right. the... Oh, maybe it got hidden by the replies. Ah, yeah. Away and boil your hide, you arse piece. Gallus are the. Baggers or the Badgers, Naggers, Nadgers. Right. Away and boil your hind, yeah, arse piece. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I don't Martin know what Perrette. any of that. Martin Perret is his name, so yeah, I don't know what any of that means for sure. He's basically saying "fuck off." Is what <laughs> right, that means right. Fuck off, Gallus rules. Yeah, it's essentially your arse piece and yeah, your fucking yeah. Beast. Away and boil your hide, yeah, arse right. piece. <laughs> Yeah. So boil your ass, you asshole, I think is what we're, right? Right. He's calling us assholes. Yeah, and telling us to boil, boil your ass. Boil your ass, you asshole. <laughs> I love it. It's great. And he called Gallus, what do you call him? Uh, Gallus are the Badgers Nadgers. The Badgers Nadgers. And that must mean, some, that must mean Gallus is the shit in, like, right. Scott. Right? Man, it's like a completely different language. Yeah, here we go. Badgers and Nadgers. I found it on uh, Urban Dictionary here. Of high quality or on a satisfactory standard derived from a dog's bollocks or the bee's knees. All right. So it's our, our, our bee's knees is the, the Badgers and Nadgers. I love it. What a great language. 
they've yeah. well, they've done to English. Is it though? Is it <laughs> I a like, great It's not. It's 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 kind of disgusting, but I, I enjoy it. I I find a great fascination with it. Well, so. the Gallus promos on the show, like they do these pre tapes with Gallus, and that's what it sounds like. I have no idea what they're saying. No clue. Because they're talking about badgers, nadgers, and boiling your arsehole. I don't know what's going on. It's, you know, so that guy, he like, and look at him. Look at his picture. He looks like the fourth member of Gallus. You know what yeah, I mean? he's got a kit. He's bald. He's got a beard. He looks like he's at a pub. He's clearly at a pub. And I bet he can wreck shop and fuck us up. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, no. I'm not fighting this dude, for sure. Martin Perrette, you win, yeah. man. <laughs> you win. I'm not fighting you. That dude might be able to take both of us at the same time. Right. One hand and hide behind his back just with his forehead. He can probably beat us up. He's been in some scraps. That guy. Oh, absolutely. You yeah, know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. He's like, oh, you're looking at my bird, are you? And then he like, but that's more British. That's not <laughs> Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I can't do this. The Scottish accent. I'm not even going to try. Yeah, so. I can't. Because no, you're going to do it and you're just going to sound like uh, 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 Mel Gibson from Braveheart. And that's just, you know. Yeah, well, I won't. I don't even know if I could do it. I don't like, know if I, I could. I don't know if my head can. Yeah, I can't. Just really revert quite. to British, you know. Um, I, I, yeah, but that guy can definitely fuck some shit up. Oh yeah, he'd kill us. Yeah, <laughs> and um, he's a big fan of Gallus, so good for him. Maybe he'll hop the rail and help his hero Joe Coffey win this last man standing match. Absolutely. Well, speaking of Gallus, uh, triple threat tag match for the NXT UK titles. You got Zach Gibson and James Drake, the champions, uh, defending against Gallus, Mark Coffey, and Wolfgang, and as well as Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster, who uh, two weeks ago won the right to make this a triple threat tag team match. So uh, did that improve the match, help the match, hurt the match? What do you think? I don't fucking know. I Look, <laughs> they had to win two singles matches to earn their right in. It's a little way. strange. Yeah, it's a little weird. I just prefer the grizzled young vets against one of these teams, preferably Andrews and and uh, and Flash Morgan. Yeah, but Webster. how do you get Gallus on the show then? <laughs> Got to get Gallus on the show. You're forgetting the most important part. Of it. You don't have to get Cassius Ono on the show. But... <laughs> Pete Dunne, forget it. He's on NXT now. You can't. Yeah, you got to get. I like Gallus. that these guys can't be used. What? Well, Pete Dunne's on NXT anymore. You can't. Like... Right. <laughs> well, no, you can't. Like he's probably there. Like you know what I mean. Like, you can I know. Probably... I but you can't you can't put Pete Dunn on the show, but you can put Cesaro. Right, yeah, yeah. There, there are ironclad brands here on, on, on when you're on SmackDown, you're on SmackDown, when you're on Raw, you're on Raw, when you're on NXT UK, you're in NXT. Like you can't trade brands except when they trade brands every single night on Raw and SmackDown and when Cesaro comes to the show. But other than that, that's it. That's right. That's, that's it. You and the Street Profit Tour on Raw and NXT at the same time. But that's it. That's all. That's all. Those are all the exceptions. That's right. <laughs> but you can have Jack Gallagher come to this show all the time and cut a promo this week on this very you <laughs> can't yeah get it Pete Dunne that's he's not That's right. brand. Can't do that. uh all right so who I mean do, does it matter who wins this who cares I would like to see grizzled young vets retain but they've had them for so long that maybe right. they just will switch for the sake of switching Dude, I think Gallus is winning these right they very well could I don't think the Mandrews uh Flash Morgan that seems kind of like the pin eater team no, and they were really a prelim team until they earned their war- way into the match. I mean, right, they, right. They were... So it's not built up for them to win this whatsoever, unless they just out of nowhere win it. But I don't, I wouldn't like that. Well, the show is in Wales, right? So let's think of oh, it. Oh, let's not do this again. <laughs> it is in Wales, but I don't know who's from Wales. So, well, Mark Andrews is from Wales, correct? Flash Morgan Webster's from Wales. Is that, am I correct in that? I don't think either one of I know Mandrews. No, I think Mandrews. Mandrews from... might be from Wales. Yeah. He's from Wales. I'm looking at it right now. Mandrews. Flash is from Morgan Wales. Webster, he's like from London. Like he does the whole fucking mod thing. No, right? he said he was born in, in, in Wales, it says here. Oh, he's Wales too? It says that. I don't know if it's right, but <laughs> that's what Wait, Wikipedia says. Flash Morgan Webster is from Wales. It says both of them are from Wales, but They're I don't both know. both from Wales. Uh, yes, as far as I can tell. I don't know if. 
if Flash Morgan Webster's build from what if they're both from Wales, then yeah, they might win, right? Maybe. Yeah, I think he's built from London, but I think he's really but he's from, from Wales. Wales. Yeah, exactly. Right. right. Okay. I Made his know. debut for Welsh wrestling, losing to Wild Boar. What a the people there in 2010 did not know what they were seeing. They were seeing Wild Boar and Flash Morgan Webster. In Why is a Wild Boar on this show? I like well, a little Wild Boar. Yeah, like have you boar. seen Wild Boar in Primate? Uh, I have. Yeah, I, I, I like that believe, team. I can't believe there's a team in 2019 called Wild Boar and Primate. I just thought of the I idea just, of like of one of somebody stumbling upon, you know what I mean, like just randomly flipping or like randomly turning on the WWE Network and like. Nigel McGuinness is like, ah, oh, the primate is here. Yeah. It's wild boy. Primate. Yeah. It's, like, it's a good accent. And I'm just like, whoa, my God. Like, what would you think if you just stumbled upon this? Like, you just turn on WWE Network. You know how it's just like streaming or whatever. And you turn on and it's Nigel talking about primate and wild boar. You know what I mean? Like, I'll tell you what you'd think. You'd think that team fucking rules. Because they do that's fucking rock. You... Yeah, they're pretty sweet. Yeah. So, I mean, I know that's what I would think. I would like to see them on the show. T Bone isn't on this show. Tyson T Bone not on the show either. Huh? That's right. All the heavy hitters <laughs> UK are off the show. So, all right, let's get to the big two here. We got Tony Storm defending the NXT UK Women's Championship against Kaylee Ray. They've done a pretty good job of building this one. Tony Storm's had this title for what feels like forever. I feel like are we primed for Kaylee Ray, or maybe they're going a little bit longer with Tony Storm? What, what, what do you kind of feel on this? I don't have a, a good read, really. I mean, you know, I mean, she had the one defense against. Uh, uh, Nina Samuels on TV, but it's like maybe the length of actual chronological time has been long, but it doesn't. Right, it's been over 225 days as, as of this recording. But yeah, it, she's it's not been a well defended title on any level. No, it's not like I feel like the the, the reign has been long in the tooth. It's because it take you know there's so much time in between the takeovers and even the tapings. But I could see them going either way here. I could see this being an extended feud, which means. You might want to do the title switch in the first one, right? Mm-hmm. So it has been well built, though. She's actually got more defenses than I thought. So she's got Rhea Ripley on uh, NXT UK. She's got Ginny on NXT UK. She's got a triple threat match on uh, Worlds Collide. I don't know if that's, I don't know where the canon is of that, but uh, yeah. it is what it is. And then uh, uh, against Nina Samuels as well. Uh, right. And then and then against Viper as well on ICW. Uh, she had oh, one as well. So that's, I mean, you know, what was it? One, two. That one reeks of. Let's just call this an NXT. Right. There's three. Okay. So there's two that I'm not, I'm not going to count the world's collide one. Cause that's like, that might be canon because at least it's on the network. <sighs> All right, fine. But I'm taking well, this yeah, ICW. This ICW one's hitting the fucking. That's break, not so. yet. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's where you just, you, after the fact, you say it was for the NXT women's title. Nobody knew at the time it was, but I, yeah, I don't know. You so that'd be right. I mean, so it there's could Rhea be Ripley, Ginny, yeah. Nia Samuels, and then the world's collide one. So there's four defenses so far. I forgot about, the Ginny and the Rhea Ripley ones. Now that you mention them, though, I remember them. But I, you know, yeah, the Nina Samuels one, which was built up most recently. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, she can, she'll probably lose. She's probably gonna lose. I think she's gonna lose. Yeah, I think that it's just like she seems kind of cold on the brand too. And I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what the plan it's is. Not for a hot really. title reign by any means. Nah, nah it's hard for it. anything to be hot on this show. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, we're gonna say that a lot because it's just like, yeah, the shows are just they're just devoid of emotion or feeling. It's just they happen. They're fine, and then they're done, and then you just don't care. <laughs> and then the next week comes, and it's just yeah, it's like watching these shows are. And I'm I'm sure that this crowd is gonna be pretty invested in this, which which will be fun to watch the the, the you know in a takeover setting and hopefully it'll help things a lot but like you watch that tv and it's just like you know 20 guys are just like 
making chants and you know singing and it's just like yeah just just stop man <laughs> like you know it's just kind of like it's almost kind of sad that and guys are wrestling and no reactions it's yeah it's pretty lifeless mm-hmm. and terrible but all right and anyway let's get to the main event here walter versus tyler Bate, uh tyler Bate for the nxt uk championship where uh where are you feeling on this one walter obviously the champion coming in defending against tyler Bates. i think they've done a really good job of building this angle up and i could really see this kind of going either way i personally would probably just stick with walter I really like him as the champion, but um, I could see I could see a case being made for Bate. Yeah, I think Walter will win. They've really cooled off Walter. He does not feel special at all on this brand, and I don't know how you manage to do that. I really don't know how you figure out a way. I I the recording got cut off again. I was in the middle of saying that um, <laughs> this is ridiculous. Uh, that, uh, yeah, we're switching. Fucking yeah. Um, what was I saying? Why did oh. Google have to take Hangouts away? <laughs> Assholes. Disaster. But Rich will make this sound nice and sweet. Yeah, you won't even you won't even know, except for if it even recorded. <laughs> I don't know. Um. Anyway, all I was saying was they've made Walter, they've cooled him off and made him not feel special, which I think is a fucking task in itself. Just what do you think about this? I am so yeah. No, I'm 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 with you. He's he's just kind of there. He's just kind of hanging out right now, and and like I think he's probably better as champion than Tyler Bates, so I'd probably stick with him, because I, I like the idea of guys chasing him and him being kind of this big monster or whatever with his, his cronies or whatever, but uh, yeah, I'm right with you, where I'm just kind of like, I don't know, I'm just not, I'm not feeling Walter as much as I want to, and that's kind of why I want him to win this match, too, because I'm, I'm hoping that you can kind of, I don't know, I just hope they kind of write that a little bit, because it's just, yeah, it's just not clicking with him right now and, and overall, and that's, that's tough to do, man. Walter was just on a trajectory of, like, this is a fucking legend, man. This guy is everything. Uh, we talked about him on the sh- you know, show before, you know, where he was able to kind of negotiate this deal where he was able to do NXT UK, but then also do other stuff when he wanted to. And like, it all sounded good. And like, but man, they've just, there's just, there's just not, it's just, I don't know. There's just not that much intrigue into him on, on NXT UK. There's it's not. fine, but he's just like, he's just your boilerplate NXT, or your boilerplate WWE big man heel. Like, he's not Walter. Yeah. He's just a guy that's a big heel that uses his friend. And like, I don't want Walter really needing that all the time. I just want Walter kicking ass and, and being Walter. And he's just he's just not right now. He's kind of fitting their template. And, and that's a little annoying. He doesn't feel like the final boss here like he does everywhere else. That's really what it comes down to. Right. And I think that um, with that said, this has a chance to be an awesome match. And this really does have a chance to be a good show and probably will be a good show. It's just hard looking at it on paper to be like, I'm not looking forward to it. Are you looking forward? Not to at it? all. No, I'm going to watch it because like, yeah. I have to, but I don't really want to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'd rather just hear like, Hey, yeah, Tyler Bate and Walter was good. And I'd be like, oh, okay, cool. I'll go back and watch it. But I'll watch yeah. it all. I mean, it's going to be quick, like two hours or whatever, but like, yeah. I mean, yeah. because I have to, well, it's what it's come to. I know. I know. I hear you. You, I, you, you do know. it every week. You watch I the show every fucking week. Every fucking week I watch this because I have to. And you and you alone. You, Joe, you have to because if you stop watching, nobody else will watch. Do we asked think? if anybody could do a preview for our website and no, nobody said anything. I said, Joe, you have to do this. You said, no, I don't want to because <laughs> I don't even want to try to write down anything about this. And then Liam alone watched nine episodes of NXT UK over the next day and had our preview ready. So the preview yeah. up by the time most of you guys read this. Did you do God a good job? Him. I haven't seen He it. did a great job, but God All bless right. that man for, for sitting down and watching, what, nine episodes of NXT UK back to... That's got to be... I mean, I hope I, he heavily drank during that. 
I don't even think. Do you think Triple H watches this? Every no. Week? <laughs> I think the only people. Vic Joseph, Nigel McGuinness. I don't and even Sid think. Scala, yeah. Well, they're there. They don't even count. <laughs> right. I think the only people that watch this every week are me and Rovert. Are the only <laughs> you, people Robert, on Earth. And the guy who has to do the closed captioning for it as well. So I don't think anyone else watches this every single week. I've seen every NXT UK. <laughs> I don't know how many other humans on the planet can say that they've seen. Well, now you got to keep it going. You know what I mean? Like, because there's going to be a time where like Rover won't be, and then like it's you. So you got to keep this going, man. How many? How many people? I've seen every NXT UK ever. I've seen every 205 Live ever. Are we really whittling down the amount of people? Like, how many people have have that double dip? We've seen every oh, episode. Oh my god! Have you watched every episode of Two Hundred Five Live? Yes. Oh god! Even during those weird, like the early days that sucked, the end yeah, zone days, yeah, because that's when a lot of people tapped the fuck out. Yeah, my, myself included. <laughs> so, um, it's still probably you and Rover, right? <laughs> like, Do you think that there's anyone who has seen every NXT UK, every Two Hundred Five Live? And every main event. Do you think there's anyone that fits that description? Oh my god! <laughs> on planet Earth. Uh, well, Words is the only person still watching main event, but he right. doesn't watch. Is he watching? It's UK and and. Are you referring to Twitter? Oh, Words big eighties. Big eighties. Yeah. yeah. The only he watches the A show main event. That's it. Right. But no he's got to be the only one watching main. Event. Nobody else is watching main event. No. Do you think there's a WWE super fan who watches every minute of every show? Is what it comes down to. <sighs> there's okay. Well, let me ask you this. But... All right, all right. Well, let me propose it this way. Do you think there's anyone who's seen every NXT UK 205 live and main event? And if so, would you agree that if that person exists, they've seen every Ross SmackDown and NXT as well? They would like, have to. If yeah, you're they would watching have to be all three of those. Yeah, they would have to be every hour right. of WWE content that they are going to produce. I am going to watch because I love. Correct. This company. <laughs> this They're is my company. Seth Rollins 24-7. Right, right, right. Special, which, who could sit through that? They're watching, you know, just everything. You know? Uh, Chronicle, Alexa Bliss. Like, they're there. They're <laughs> fucking watching it. And there's there's people who are, there's probably people who do that, right? They just consume every second. If, like, when I was 12, The main event, the main event is a bridge too far, though. It That's is really tough. Tough. That's real tough. Here's the thing, though. Like, if I, if Joe Lanza, when he was 12, and the, if the network existed, I probably would have been that person. That is true. Yeah, I consumed every minute that I could. Like, yes, I always, I talk about this on, on on the Boys of Summer series on 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 Patreon is that I would watch Livewire, which was a recap of Raw. Yeah. And then Superstar, or, or I think yes, yeah, so Livewire was on Saturdays, and I'd watch every minute of Livewire. Right. And then on Sunday they'd have Superstars, which at that point stopped being wrestling matches and was just a recap of Raw. Done slightly differently than Livewire, and I watched each of those every time. Like, and and in hindsight, you're like, why did I do that? I I ran to the TV, like, oh, let's see what's on Superstars this week, and it was like, oh, on on Raw, the Undertaker burned Kane alive, and I'm like, ooh, okay, here we go. You're like, you're like, this is why girls didn't talk to me until I was 18. Yeah, believe it or not, 18. Jeez, no. (laughs) (laughs) But but no, exactly. Yeah, it's like. I'd run to the TV on Sundays. I'd be upset when my mom was like, let's go somewhere. I'm like, no, Superstars is on. It's like, yeah. 
It's the same thing as LiveWire. And I watched Raw. I don't need a recap of Raw, but, you know, I got right. it. So, And then I'd stay up and watch Sock on Saturday night later that and, night. So, And Sunday night heat. Uh, oh, every minute of Sunday night heat, too. So, yeah, if I was – I got, but main event, though? <laughs> e- even <laughs> – but there's got to like, be – Words talks about that, that, like – there's like the eighth time Dana Brooke and like Nikki Cross or like uh, who was it that always oh, it's always Sarah a, Logan like, and like Dana Brooke yeah. or whatever that yeah. had like forty five straight matches on main event. He's pot like because they just they just do the same match every night and he's like there's nobody that could because people would call this out and make fun of him but nobody even does that right. There's got to be it, I don't I don't know the main event is a bridge too far. It plus really it's on a, plus it's on a, a like a thirty day delay. <laughs> right. <laughs> like you can't. Like if you live in America, uh, if you're yeah, watching every main event, you're watching a month old episode. <laughs> you really have to question what you're doing with your life. Of main event, if you're doing that. Yeah, let me see what the most recent main event. Like, how do I even? Find... Oh, there it is. Okay. Uh, yeah, August eighth, two thousand nineteen is the current episode of main event. Right. Uh, this week on main event, Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins take on the revival while Dana Brooke goes head to head with Sarah Logan. Oh my god! Oh, holy shit! Are you serious? I'm not kidding. They they're still wrestling each other every week on main event. Plus, Trish Status returns to action on Raw. Seth Rollins confronts Brock Lesnar and Shane McMahon as a guest on the Kevin Owens show. So, I said Dana Brooke wasn't any good, and someone snitch tagged her and 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 got really mad at me. Did you remember that a couple weeks oh, ago? Oh yes, yeah. Yeah, of course, yeah. How can you say that Dana Brooke is at Dana Brooke isn't any good? Nah, she it's just like, won with a swanton, baby. Nice win. Nice win for Dana Brooke. She got busted open hard way in one of them matches. Yeah, that was one like eight months ago at this point. They're still wrestling each other. Yeah, good for them. They're going to kill 205 Live, but keep that alive. Yeah, I don't. Well, well, they just move 205 Live to, to Monday. Yeah, nobody would ever know or care. Yeah. Why don't they just do that? Has anyone proposed that? Why do we have to have main event? I think isn't there some TV reason why there's made like yeah, some some people here, still get main bro. event on like TV, which Jesus, can you imagine? Which is why it's not thirty day play, right? So that can't go away. But I guess I'm sure you could switch it and nobody would notice or care. Wait, right? well, why don't they just give those fucking? Why don't they give the TV station in Belgium two hundred five live instead of main event? Would the TV right. station in Belgium care? Right. I'm saying you could just send them the tape and it says main right. event and it's two hundred five live and nobody would notice. Right. Like, when would the first person notice? Hey, what did you tell? Wait, hold on a minute. This is a main event. <laughs> right. Yeah. Dana is Terrell Logan. What the yeah. hell? How much do you think a TV station in Switzerland pays for the rights of main events? Like, what are they? Yeah. Like, these places that it's airing. I can't you know? even fathom. Yeah, who knows? It's... Hopefully not a lot. That'd be. It's two matches and a Raw recap is what it is. Correct. I used to review main event. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm trying to look at how many Sarah Logan, uh, uh, Dana Brooke. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. So they wrestled on main event 348. These are all singles matches. 349, 350. Took a week off. Uh, got back on 352. Took a few weeks off. 355. And now, uh, oh, it hasn't aired yet. Uh, so I won't give spoilers. But uh, good luck. Good idea, guys. So they've uh, had six event. matches on main event. They have, yes. Uh, one, two, three, wow. four, five, six. Yeah, and then one coming up. So uh, get ready, guys. Uh, Seven? Yeah. <laughs> this is right up there with fucking Lucha Dragons versus Ascension. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember that? I do. The nonstop Lucha Dragons versus Ascension feud. I reviewed that every week. 
on VoicesWrestling.com. Those reviews are probably still up. Don't read them, though. I'll probably get canceled again. I'm sure I wrote something. They're terrible. definitely up, and you'll definitely get canceled. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because no one was reading them. I was just They were just stream of consciousness. I don't think I even did. Yeah, <laughs> I just posted. I was like, sure. With the same low-res Titus O'Neil picture. Yes. Yeah, nobody even noticed that. I think it, it became a meme from some people, but it most did. people did notice that it was actually the same picture every single week. So. Uh, the same low-res picture of Titus O'Neil doing like right. the fucking two things <laughs> over his head. The fucking yeah, the, the, yeah. Ooh, 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 that little right. thing that he would do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was the Slater Gator days. <laughs> yes, yeah, of course. Those are, that was the uh, golden era of main events. You see, oh, Slater Gator um, was fun. Yeah, that, that, people. That's when people watched it. That, that's how I know nobody is watching it now because I remember that being a discussion point, and and now only words talks about the yeah uh, main events. So, Cur- real man Curtis Axel. Remember real man Curtis Axel? I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he was like a misogynist character. It was kind of like a dollar store Silas Young. Right, right. But nobody charm. noticed or cared because nobody was watching it. <laughs> right. It just had none of the charm of Silas Young. Right. Or the skill. Like Silas Young, like even like hardcore extreme feminists, like they laugh at him. They think it's fun. You know what I mean? Like he has a certain charm to him. Right, because he right. looks like a guy that would say that. Yeah, and it's just like they understand it's a gimmick. Right, right. You know, right. and it's like, but but the Curtis Axel thing, I think they were scared to move forward with it. So real man Curtis Axel only lasted like two weeks. Which was a shame because I, I enjoyed real man Curtis Axel. <laughs> I think we're done here. I think so, too. Go to bed. (laughs) Anyway, uh, voicewrestling.com slash Patreon, of course, for uh, bonus content from both Joe and I. I want to, of course, thank our sponsor this week, MyBookie. Use promo code VOICES. MyBookie promo code VOICES is what you're going to do there. Uh, And, yeah, Voice Wrestling Podcast Network. uh, We want to just let you know that we are moving podcast providers, so there is going to be some some issues along the way this is not not this is not the reason why the show is a disaster (laughs) that was not their fault whatsoever that was our recording software that we're using but uh yeah no we are moving so if you notice some weird stuff with your feed or whatever uh the best advice i can give is try to you know delete and re-download your feed if if things aren't updating you're not getting new shows or whatever let us know if there's something else weird going on we're trying to kind of work out the kinks but i think most everything is okay like everything i've heard from most people is is good but uh if you do have an issue just let us know and we'll try to uh to get it fixed so if you're on our our twitter feed will be fun tomorrow when nobody has the show and we have yeah of course yeah um but yeah we have what we we what was it uh audio we were on audio boom for about five years i'd say uh, right so, around there yeah yeah uh, yeah the four or five somewhere in that range so you know we had uh it, it was a good period of growth for us and uh thank audio boom for everything they did for us but it was just time to move on and it was a business decision so we've moved on to uh red circle and um you know that's probably why we finally had an ad this week so uh, <laughs> it was a good decision to yeah. uh make the move Paying very very immediate dividends so uh yeah, yeah. thank you uh thank you obviously for audio boom for all the the work over the years and, and hey yeah, there were some highs just, there were some good times and then there was recently <laughs> it was it was time to move on right. it was time to move on but, uh, uh, but anyway for us and uh it was time to look some relationships just have to end exactly right it's better better sometimes so yeah voice for all of our reviews previews all that other good stuff voice slash forums our message boards as well one more time my bookie uh promo code voices up to one thousand dollars first deposit bonus and double your first deposit with promo code voices v-o-i C E S. That's my bookie. M Y B O O K I E. But you probably know that anyway. My bookie. Promo code voices. Anyway, for Joe Lanza, I'm Rich Craig. We'll see you next time on the Voice Wrestling Flagship Podcast. Take care. <laughs>